Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast, a gaming podcast where we discuss games, but consistently and only games because that's we're, we're a gaming podcast. What I'm trying to say, and I'm joined by two fellow gamers and players, players of Capital games. G. Capital G's, you, you are my G's with the, like big cap. All right, I'm talking about Jamie and Jonesy. How you doing, fellas? See, I've always more identified more as a lowercase G gamer. I don't know why. I don't know what that says about me. Um, but I'm happy to be mm. here. Interesting. Okay. I, I think of myself as a backwards G gamer. It's like a Q, like a Quamer or something. Jonesy, like, yeah. I've always said that you're a massive Quamer. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you filthy Quamer. Well, I have to Quam. <laughs> It's gone. It's gone super weird now. Um, hello. I, I I try. I thought you know what. Usually we swear in the first like opening minute or you know go down some fucking weird rabbit hole. But I thought this time we're going to start off with the gaming focus. And you know what? To to kind of add to that, I'm going to tell everybody what we are going to be talking about in this here podcast, little lady. I'm talking about some Last of Us Part 1 reviews and, of course, all the kind of discourse around it, okay? I am talking about Nintendo Direct potentially coming in the future with some interesting Nintendo games, as you would expect from a Nintendo Direct. Strange, I know. Konami also says that they're going to announce something from a series loved around the world at Tokyo Game Show. Well, the, the the fucking game train doesn't stop there because we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Mirage being leaked by Ubisoft again, those poor fuckers. Um, and when the internet went absolutely fucking crazy, when gaming Twitter, if that is a thing, went absolutely fucking nuts off their mother's milk about Amazon potentially buying EA. And if we have time, we'll talk about Sony being greedy fuckers. Fellas, uh, I have been away. For two weeks, not on the podcast. And I just want to take this moment to extend my heartfelt thanks that you held the fort. Jonesy? Nice. Thank you. Go. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's uh, good to have how, you back though. Yeah, it's 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 good to be back. I must I must be honest, my motivation is at an all-time low. Um hey, well, don't say that at the start of the pod. You you've ruined it now. Because you've got fifty percent of the people just close to your heart. Yeah, exactly. What fifty percent of the people just pulled out? Story. Yeah, of my they, life. they just pulled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just okay. they just came on the metaphorical backs of this pod of this podcast. Oh, on the back, yeah, yeah, on the back. Well, because you always. What's do, wrong uh, with that? Uh, yeah, it's an option. Jonesy clearly speaking is a pullout master, apart from two <laughs> occasions of note. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, he did pull out, and he was like, "Oh shit, that should have gone in." He just tried to scoop it back in. <laughs> oh, Sweet, stay there. <laughs> Don't move a muscle. Oh, I was leaving it in, wasn't I? I was leaving it in. You know, you know when you squeeze out too much like hand cream or something or shampoo, and then to try and get it back Is this in, a metaphor? Like, you hold it up and you squeeze it, and then you put it up and you like let the air suck it back in. Yes, he's like, no, oh. I got to, I got to re-inject. Nah, it's it's more of a Here's toothpaste a kind of thing. Like it's yeah. not going back in the tube. Like you can try <laughs> it. Me is all over the tip. Yeah, you can't get uh, the toothpaste th- back in the tube. There's no ketchup bottle style physics that applies to the male. Or the, <laughs> I shouldn't say the male, the human penis. Like you can't squeeze it and then it inhales. No, you're not you getting can. it back in you. You're getting it back in her. No, no I'm saying you got to get it back in you to to reinsert. Like a turkey. You don't baster. need to. You don't need to. Once it's out, just scoop it in. Just get It'll a spoon. Get one of those little like honey utensils. Oh my god, what's happened to this? But no, here's a weird, here's a weird thought. Let's follow this route, this this path that we're on. Okay. Imagine <laughs> imagine this. Imagine you were trying for a kid with your other half and you were like you agreed that you were gonna have a kid. 
and that you're going to start trying for a kid. And you were like, okay, so I'm going to leave it in. And she's like, yeah, yeah, leave it in. And then you forgot and you didn't, as we've just said. You like, and then you, the next time you did, you would have a different kid. You, oh. If you'd have just remembered, and obviously she got pregnant, you would, you would have had a completely different kid. How yeah. insane is that? You, you ruined Simon's life. Simon yeah. never existed. Simon is, a, uh, is not even a glint in your eye anymore because he's, he's e- been wiped even, away on the back. He's been wiped off. Jonesy, this is why Republicans uh, don't like contraceptives. Because they, that, could be, that, like that, could be, that could be the second coming of JC. I thought True. they did like contraceptives because otherwise their secretaries would be chasing them for uh, oh. the ba- baby payments. Allegedly. Hmm. If, if you were given a choice. Let alone okay. monkeypox. Oh, God. I, I, I asked you, go. by the way, as two fathers, if you were given a choice of whether or not you could Doctor Strange your own spunk before, like, conception and see, like, the millions or billions of possibilities <laughs> of, for what oh, that child right. would end up being. And, we're get, and like, you could... Ch- now we're getting into, like, real, actual, you know, scientific debates, but you could start choosing maybe, oh, I quite like the look of that one. That one's going to, oh, you know, yeah, win the Super Bowl. Jonesy, fucking, there was a, one period of time when we were all working together where jo- Jonesy's middle name was fucking Crisper. It was Alex Crisper Jones, because he, all he was interested in was, like, genetically modifying your fetus. No, 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 not that I would want to do it. It's a fascinating subject, and I, th- I think that it won't be long before. Like, I love the film Gattaca, and I think the idea that you won't be genetically modifying um, sh- human embryos, I think is... Because they already do it, right? They can already do it to some degree. Like, you can... Um, they had the first twins born that I think were immune to HIV um, because they knew that they could they could manipulate certain genes. And, cr- yeah, CRISPR's mad. CRISPR's, in- CRISPR's crazy because they can just, like, snip out stuff and do whatever... But it is so interesting. But to Jamie's question, would I have Doctor Strange the universe? Not at all. Because one of the crazy things about having kids, which is amazing, is they are not little psychos and you have no idea what flavor Mm. of psycho you're going to have. And it's so exciting and interesting and weird to like... Uh, yeah, un- like to see that unravel. And I think okay. I would never want to change that. Okay. Like, I've already, I- so I was going to say like, otherwise you'd be like, I've already uh, seen the, uh, the life story for my daughter and I know exactly where she's going and what she's going to I mean. It's so boring, isn't it? You don't want that. You don't- I guess what it is. What if it's, what if it's just like that. that big filing cabinet from, um, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, right, well, you can like go through and pick someone. Yeah, so like you don't see anything, but it's just like just a few words yeah. on a piece of it's paper. Like, 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 it's like you you getting a, a few scouting reports, and you're sitting there as the manager <laughs> of the club, and you have to like, okay, like good physicality, but maybe isn't going to grow past five foot seven. They might get bullied as a result of that. They do wow. have a club foot, wow. things wow. like that. But see, but you, no, you're just outing like me here on like. Oh, no, I feel bad <laughs> about the height example. Like you pull out a file and it says this boy will be able to swim faster than a shark. Like, that is something I can see that you'd maybe want in a child. No, but see, those it's best laid plans, isn't it? Because you you always think that, oh, okay, for over like you just said, over five foot seven, yeah, I'm going to go for over five foot seven. But, and think of all the go-getting, uh, accomplished, sub five foot seven guys out there because they've had to work harder for everything in their lives. And your kid is six foot two and he's lazy as fuck because he just walks around being tall going, hang on, I don't need to try. Where's all this midget <laughs> How much does Chris paid you? Short men work harder. Was it short kings? Short, short kings. kings. Yeah. I'm 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 living my best life in the short the short king dimension. 
I've met more interesting short kings than I have interesting lanky freaks. Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. Plus, the, <laughs> I'm, I'd feel like there'd also be like a weird monkey paw situation to all of this, which is like if the scout report said yes. like, oh, they're going to be six foot two, extremely athletic, extremely intelligent, there's going to be some element where they are all of those things, but they also like, they fuck a dog at some point in their life and you're just like, for crying out loud, you had everything going for you. The, the scout report didn't mention the bestiality. Well... Well, that was he's, the, yeah. he's, he will be prime, uh, prime minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, he'll be an accomplished uh, editor of a you know respected newspaper. Oh, this all sounds really good. Uh, yeah, he, he, but he will fuck a pig. Yeah, what? Oh, that, that was he David. That was David Cameron. Oh, was that David Cameron? Like oh, okay, think, same like same deal. <laughs> but he he will fuck a pig. Mm, like, okay, is the pig alive? Is the pig dead? The pig's dead. Mm, uh, will anyone yeah, know about yeah. it? Better, Some people better or worse? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what would you what would you agree to? Anyway, fellas, let, let's uh, let's just kind of you know let, let's remerge onto this highway of gaming, shall we? We, <laughs> we, we took the, the the turn off. Let's let's come back on, all right? Because we are a gaming podcast, as I mentioned before, and we do not take ourselves too seriously. Which was a catchphrase. And we don't I, walk off pogs, okay? We don't touch them. We're not poor sign fiddlers. I just pog. want to say that now. Oh, pigs! You said pogs. Yeah, I, was yeah, like, said pogs. I said walk off a pog. We're going full He's, Twitch emote mode. Yeah, it's like pog, pogs, poggers. It is pretty poggers if you think about it. Have you ever wanked off a pog? Someone said about you. Uh, so they wonked off a pog rather than wanked off a pig. That sounds. So I can't dodgy. remember. I heard that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, wonked off a pog. I like that. But no, just back back on the gaming highway, all right? Because we, uh, fellas, we're a gaming podcast, and we're available on YouTube if you're watching us live, like seeing these beautiful visages. Okay, but if you don't want to, um, you know burn your retinas, then you can also listen to us on a podcasting platform of your choice. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, some of those others. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Just listen to us where you can get it. Um, and hey, if you're not interested in any of that, if you want a, a more kind of like authentic experience, one where you can like whip out a lighter and have it as a like analog facsimile in a digital world, then I'm talking about catching us on Paisley Radio, paisleyradio.com. Thursdays at 10 p.m. repeats on Mondays, where you can hear us play out as if we were on the radio, but digitally. It's amazing. It's Technology has taken us so far. It's amazing. Yeah. I think we like, peaked. That's the yeah, sad thing. Exactly. Like CRISPR, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. we got Paisley Radio, fuckers. Scientists. Ooh. Who needs CRISPR when you've got Paisley Radio? Exactly you know what's weird about right. this whole conversation is you guys have said the word CRISPR about 15 times. I've got no idea what CRISPR is. It's the gene editing thing. It sounds like someone with a bad memory trying to talk about their favourite actor in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Crisper Glovin. <laughs> exactly. Cri- just getting it completely wrong. Crisper is just a way, Jamie, to snip out parts of uh, the gene code that you don't want in there. Well, what, and it can okay. go to specific places. Why didn't I like get crispered then? Who left the fat it gene didn't in exist. there? No, you, you, you did, because you got blue it eyes. Didn't exist. You got. You got. You got... I do have deep pools of baby blue ocean. Exactly, you get lost in those for days, buddy. And they did. They to, did take the fat gene YouTube, out of you, by the way. They did take the fat gene out of you, but they left all the chocolate eclairs in your room. Oh, right. Uh, I, I, I ate the fat gene back into existence. It's like nature nature versus nurture. I just nurtured my way back into being obese. Oh, I fucking love that. That's I was chatting to a friend yesterday who, like, she makes, like, loads of baked stuff, like baked goods and whatever. Oh. Um, 
And uh, when I had COVID, like quite badly, like lost, and I was like, because I lost shitloads of weight, I lost like nine kilos or something. And then um, she was telling me yesterday, she was like, oh, because a lot of the stuff I make has got so many calories in it. And I was like, yeah, I fucking know. I'm fatter now than I was before <laughs> I got COVID. Like, is you know, I lost 9K. I've put back on about 13. You know, it's just all <laughs> baked goods. <laughs> like Homer Simpson with a, you know. Just just asking donuts. Donuts. Yeah, asking for a friend. Does she sell the baked goods or is this like a kind of like a friend kind of? <laughs> no, she sells the baked goods oh, okay. in Selfridges, yeah. Oh, oh shit, yeah, you were telling us about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ooh. just yeah. You know, my friend, Tasty. I've got a friend who might be interested in. Just you know, I'll, I'll pick this up later. He he really. She likes has she goods. has a she has a website and she delivers. So you know, do the baked goods come with powdered sugar? Again, the friend is just just wondering. Just, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe okay. they maybe okay. some of them do. In fact, thinking about it, the friend keeps a bag of powdered sugar on his desk at all times. So, <laughs> In case, you, like in, case wants, yeah, in case he wants, in case he wants French exactly. toast, you know that scene from Scarface. He just sits there with a pile <laughs> of powdered sugar in front of him. You fucking cockroaches want to come and take my baked goods? Okay, I'm reloading. <laughs> well, see, whenever you say powdered sugar, I think of the scene from um, is it Road Trip where he uh, he says, "I ordered my French toast with no powdered sugar." Oh and god, guy, yeah. Like, Licks That's it all off, puts it on his crush, shoves it in his. We've yeah, all been there, gross. fellas. We've all been there. You know where oh, else true. we've been? Um, in a video game conversation. Exactly, in a video game conversation about a game that we've all played that is now being re-released as a remake. I'm talking about The Last of Us Part One. It wasn't previously called Part One; it was just The Last of Us before Part Two was. You know, just a, 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 when it was a, just a twinkle in Doctor Ackerman's eye. Uh, <laughs> but then Part Two came out, and what you do. You don't make a part three because fuck that. You go back and you just call the first one part one. And you put some bells and whistles on it. And bells and whistles they have done, fellas. Like, it, that is a good looking game. We have discussed this before. Granted, a lot of work has been put into it. Is it worth the $70? It's the age old debate. It's something that will probably not um, be resolved. Be fair? Oh, no, we can resolve it right now. It's quite easy. I don't yeah, think what we is can it? resolve it. Uh, yeah, I, okay, hold on, hold on. Jonesy says we can resolve it. There are three white males, prime <laughs> gamers. That's all you need. Okay, one and, capital and, and, G, one lowercase G, one backwards G. Yeah, well, diversity. That, <laughs> diversity. I mean, yeah, but totally. You know. Uh, so go on, Jonesy. What is your take? Is it worth seventy dollars with all the things and the bells and whistles and uh, adding part one to the title? Yes. Okay, oh, Jamie. Okay, no, no, just, just nice and easy. Jamie, is it worth it? If I do, I have to give a yes or no answer. Yeah, 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 and and, and and without quantifying it, because this is democracy manifest. In that case, fundamentally, <laughs> fundamentally, the answer is yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm saying no. So there you go, Jonesy. You're wrong. We can't agree on. Can it. I? Can I? Can I expand on why I say yes? And this, when it comes down to, is it worth it? It's an interesting question because worth it is like a bit of a weird concept because it's worth it to you if you're willing to pay that money for it. So the idea of worth it, you know, gets a little bit weird because they can only sell it for what they can afford to sell it for, and they would have obviously done the market research, say how much should we sell this game for. But I think fundamentally, the reason it is worth the seventy dollar price tag. It's because this is a ground-up remake. This a 20-hour game. They're sure they didn't need to go and rewrite the story. They didn't need to re-record some of the dialogue and they didn't need to do some mocap stuff. But you still got a team of people at Naughty Dog remaking this entire game from start to finish. Um, 
even though you're reusing animations, you're still redoing all of that work. You've still got the same marketing um, like budget. You've still, got, um, you've still got to pay all those people. You've still got to do all that stuff. And games, this is one of the problems I think we've got with video games is they were artificially deflated, the price of them was for such a long time that it put everyone into this weird mindset that games should only cost $35.99 even now, which is which is insane. If you look at like inflation and how games have changed over time. And when I was a kid, when I started playing games back in the early 90s, like end of the 80s, they were insanely expensive. You had like a one hour game that had barely anything in it that took one guy um, like a week to make would sell for the equivalent of now like $120 in today's money. Jamie's recalling the time that his parents got him E.T. for the Atari. Yeah, yeah. The, literally, I was thinking of E.T. when I said <laughs> it. The one guy, it took him like a week to make it. And the, the equivalent money in today's money is like, or the equivalent value in today's money is like $120. It's insane. And the game was like three hours long and was awful. So the idea that it's not worth it to me I'm like, look, that is the, the price tag on that product is probably about right. I'm, you know, that's what they've decided a full price game is. For me, if you're going to say that it shouldn't be $70, you're going to say it should be 35 for example, half price. That's got to, to me, that's like DLC or it's like a small indie game that doesn't have much content in it with a small team and a small overhead. But I mean, is anyone questioning whether this was a full team of devs and, and um, other people working on this and marketing and, and no, I, I, I don't like think they're, I don't together. think they're questioning that aspect of it. So then, so then, I'm not really sure why the price gets questioned because if if it's if it's taken a full team to do it and it's taken a long time to put it together, just because it's a remake. Well, I think the the price argument and, and Chris, maybe you're better slightly better suited to talking this as the kind of the person who doesn't think it justifies that price tag, but it seems as though it's grounded in. This is them selling a, the third game. Um, sorry, this is them selling a game for the third time in nine years with less content than it had when it originally launched, um, and much less content than it had when it launched on PS4, for example. Um, with you know, no no discount available to anyone that owns any previous version of the game, and the extent to which it is a different product is you know entirely subjective. And so people who fall on the side of the spectrum that don't think it's done enough to differentiate itself as a new product or as something that's built for a new generation or a new console or whatever, they are more inclined to say that it doesn't justify that $70 price tag. Yep. Pretty, pretty, oh, much, been pretty much that. <laughs> I've been eating Italian BMTs from Subway for like 15 years. I don't get a discount because they've been making them for a long time. And well, you made, can get a, a discount if you get a, if you get a um, a loyalty card, mate. Like I, I, hate, I don't I, have. I, I should I hate, get a loyalty card. I hate card. to break it to you. There, there are ways. No, but I, 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 I don't. Uh, sorry, go on, Chris. Go on, Chris. So I think I think Jamie makes makes a very valid point. Then it it is kind of like following the the argument against this kind of thing. Um, I think for me the reason why it's an, a hard no is. <laughs> Potentially less so for what actually happened, but more case of like what it means for the industry. Because now all of a sudden it's okay for Sony to do this, right? It, it, especially when because, you say what it means for the industry, you mean yeah, it's a, it's a, it sets it sets a bad precedent. I I think I feel like I look. Let, let's put it this way: if they had said it's it's a seventy dollar game, but hey, if you have the fucking ps4 remaster then maybe you'll get like a 20 dollar discount whatever the discount it doesn't actually matter like that's more consumer friendly than what is happening at the moment okay now there is the argument to be made that like hey people haven't experienced this game and this is going to be the most definitive way of experiencing it. and that that's absolutely fine and that's absolutely fair but again does it, it 
we can argue until we're blue in the face whether something like this was necessary, okay? But it's it's happened. Like, there's no point in kind of arguing what's happened. But it's more a case of like, okay, so from this point on, what is next? You know, like we we talk we we talked about fucking DLC microtransactions, all of this, and we get annoyed by it, and we're okay with some of it, and you know, some companies just kind of go a little bit kind of crazy for stuff like this. But if you think back, it all starts somewhere, and it all started with fucking horse armor in Oblivion, right? Like all of this shit starts somewhere, and I like I don't know, maybe maybe it's the fact that like while I enjoyed The Last of Us Part One. Um, for lack of a better word, maybe I'm just not as crazy about it as a core game experience that this doesn't matter too much for me, you know? Yeah. Maybe if it was a game that I was really fucking obsessed about and something like this happened, then maybe I'd be, you know, I'm just being honest here. Maybe, maybe I would look at it differently. But I guess because I don't have those kind of rose-tinted glasses, I think maybe I can look at it a bit more analytically. That makes sense. I would say it's quite ironic because I think you're not looking at it that analytically. I think you're kind of because I get I get why, what why am I how how is anything I've said not being analytical? Because I think you're it could be analytically you, wrong or analytically correct, but how is it not analytical? Oh, because I think if if you I think if you're being more analytical and say analy- completely analytical and going the game cost this much to produce, therefore they can sell it for the X price, and they've and they know they've done market research, they can sell it for that. I would, I'd be with you, but it sounds like you're saying you think it's a bit unfair, which well, I would say is not necessarily. There's an element to that, but if, if you want me to take it into the like the, the the full on analytical thing, how much did they release Last of Us Part Two for? How long did it take them to create Last of Us Part Two? How what was their budget, etc.? And what was the price that that game came out at? And now tell me how long and how many people and what they had to do for Last of Us Part One. Remake. Oh, I, I guarantee not as much, absolutely. But I think the thing these days is like that. The, it's almost like Last of Us Part Two would have been capped because they couldn't have sold it for more than seventy dollars. Because that's like it's almost like a gaming cap, right? So even if your game costs more, you have to almost try and make more money in different ways. So you have to sell it to more people, you have to ship more units, yeah, you sure. have to have an online component. But I, I, what I assume anyway with Part One is they're like we're going to sell fewer units than we did for Last of Us Part Two. But it's cost us a shitload of money to make it and to recoup that cost. We have to sell it to a certain number of people to make... Because like, you were saying, like, oh, you don't think it's the, worth it in that sense. And I'm like, I completely agree with you. For a lot of people, yeah. this won't be worth it. I don't think they should buy it. Like, I, I don't think this is a game... If you want to, you can go and pick up the remaster and you will have a great time. It's still a completely viable option. You don't need to spend $70. I, I just think, like, this is a specific thing for a specific subset of people that want to play this game in the best fashion it's ever been released. Yeah, and and and, and like I, and I, 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 and I'm and, with you. I'm like, yeah, 70 cool. Like I wouldn't say to someone <laughs> you don't go and pay full price to see a film which is a remake of an old film. You could just see the old film and it's a quid on DVD. And then I'd be like, but they should have released it at the cinema for a fiver. No, no, but, but hold, hold on because because you remake. But you're forgetting the the difference here, okay? Where Yeah, go on. like like take a film that's only 10 years old and tell me that they're remaking it. Every time that something like that happens, people are up in arms yeah. saying like, why well, are we fucking remaking something that's 10 years old? 
it's it's interesting that we're talking about films and we kind of got into that kind of conversation because did either of you two watch Gillup's review of this uh, product, The Last of Us Part uh, One? I, I, I didn't. No, I didn't know. Um, it came out uh, net positive. He he's kind of in the Chris camp of this is a game that he played and sort of understands and admires, but he's not you know in the same you know he's he hasn't you know gone to that other level that some people exist on that other plane that some people exist on when it comes to their love and admiration for uh, The Last of Us Part One. Um, but he frames uh, his entire review, and so he mentioned the thing he mentions in his intro, and then loops back around to his this is kind of closing thought. Um, uh, he frames his entire review around the film RoboCop and how uh, he bought the he bought the RoboCop VHS and he bought the RoboCop right. DVD and he bought the RoboCop Blu-ray. And a few yep. years ago, when RoboCop got like reissued in in 4K in a big collection <coughs> edition, he went out and spent a hundred or two hundred dollars on it or whatever it was. And yep, yep. It, it, the, any conversation around whether or not RoboCop was worth $200 is completely <laughs> irrelevant to him because RoboCop was worth $200 to him. And it yeah, didn't, yeah. and that wasn't a remake. Those, those I'm, I'm the same with um, uh, Back to the Future and like Indiana Jones and Gladiator. Anytime those movies get re-released in a better format, and it's, like you say, it's not even a remake, I just go and buy it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it, and, and so that's why, Chris, when you kind of uh, frame that question at the beginning, like, is it worth $70? And I had to kind of give a point blank yes or no answer. <laughs> like, I come down on the on the side of things like saying yes, because I think fundamentally it, it's worth $70 to the people who buy it and to the people it's not worth $70 for, they shouldn't buy it. And so what you end up is a pool, left, what you're left with is a pool of uh, exclusively of people to whom it's clearly worth $70. And yeah, like, um, and like I, I, I think sometimes like looking into budgetary stuff and like how many units a game has to sell. It like I don't think there's this like a mathematical uh, theorem that comes up at the end of game development where you're like this many units times this much unit price equals you know you know crossing the line on this budget. I think it's yeah. just one of those things of like it f- often it's probably as cheeky. You as- don't. I think I think they I think they start the entire conversation with that before they even make the game. I think I, they literally I, I, sit down and go. I, I think every studio on some levels is aware of break-even points and knows how many units they have to sell to break-even and to turn a profit and so on and so forth. But I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if a large amount of what informs the price tag of a product like this, for example, is what's the highest price that we can put this for sale for that people will buy it at? What can we get away with? <laughs> which, which, kind of ties, which kind of ties into what Jonesy's saying because that is it does come down to like a supply and demand kind of thing, which is that like... Which which price is too high to then get the number of required sales to break even and so on and so forth. So there is some of that at play here, but yeah, like fundamentally, um, I, I think it's just one of those things that it, it's it's worth it to the people it's worth it to, as as yes. as, as as sort of weirdly simplistic and re- almost reductive a take as that is. Um, like Jonesy and I are, are not those people right now. This product releases um, on Friday tomorrow as we're recording this. Neither of us are buying it tomorrow, to my <clears> knowledge. <throat> nope. I love The Last of Us. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I really want to play um, <laughs> this video game. The PS5, I, I watched the entire 50-minute Digital Foundry breakdown. I love what they've done with this thing. I love what it looks like. I love the way they've changed certain character models. I like the idea of messing around with accessibility features, not for the sake of making the experience easier, but at, like maybe tweaking some things or playing a version of The Last of Us that I hadn't quite played before. All of that stuff, you know, and even just experiencing that story again really appeals to me. But I don't want to pay £70 for it, so I'll pay another fee at another point, at which yeah. point... And, and you know, that... 
that's the great thing about the way video games work is we'll all get our right to do that. It's like it, it, it reach a point where <laughs> you, it makes you wait sense for a sale and it, yeah, exactly. Unless yeah. it's Nintendo, then yeah. you're, you're fine. that's a good point. That's a good point, like because that's like re- when you say is it worth seventy pounds? What you really, what I think the, the, these days, what you should really think is, is it worth seventy quid to pay now so I can play it today? Because like as you guys have both just said, you can wait, uh, you can you can wait till it comes on another service, you can wait like until you can play it some other way. And for me, it's like, is it worth seventy quid? Yes, this is a twenty-hour-long video game, ground-up remake, blah 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 blah. It's worth seventy quid to the people that want to play it day one. And to people like me, to Jamie, it sounds like, you know, similar, it's worth maybe, I don't know, 40 quid in in a year's time or, or nine months time or whatever. Or it's worth waiting for a, some kind of like, or maybe a day, do you know what, more realistic, a lull in the in whatever. And then you go, oh, I've got some spare cash and I've got nothing to play. Do you know why I haven't played? The, the remake of The Last of Us Part One. Like, yeah. whether they should have made it <laughs> is a completely different question. And I think I'd come down in maybe a different way on that, but... I can't really criticize the price that they've got on it. Yeah. And I th- I also just feel like, I think I, I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at leaks. Personally, I feel like enough work. I think that, that I, I, I hate to be the person that just like sort of like uh, drops quotes from Digital Foundry and sort of like <laughs> dissects their opinion and use it as my own. But I think it was uh, John and says in the Digital Foundry video that like, this is as definitive and as masterful a remake as you can possibly do of a video game that's this old. And so right. if you if you kind of look at like Naughty Dog as being in a their hands are tied situation, that you know, someone somewhere at PlayStation, Sony and the higher ups at Naughty Dog, like the you know, the the documents were signed and the Last of Us remake was the next project that was greenlit, and that's what they were working on. I, I still stand by the fact that I think they've done an unreal job. Um, that's not an Unreal with a capital U, by the way. That's, um, they've done <laughs> an a very Unreal good... Engine Five job. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done a very good job, which is why I come down. When you come down, like the is this a cash grab um, argument? I don't think this is a cash grab, just by virtue of I think there's too much love and too much effort and too much um, hard work that's gone into it for me to feel entirely comfortable calling it a cash grab. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I wouldn't say that it's a cash grab at all. I just yeah. don't think it's worth it. No, I yeah, agree. There, there, is a, there is a bit of a difference there. But yeah, some people yeah. are kind of flouting it as, well, oh, it's cash grab. But like, you're, you're right. Like, you know, it's not, they, they could have just done the bare minimum and yeah. slapped up any old price on it. That's but a the, cash but, grab. But, the, but they're also like, I, I do kind of understand some things where like some people are looking at the upcoming HBO series and, and like saying, oh, this is, you know, a, 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 like a tie into that and it's just them trying to sort of like poach as many um new last of us fans as they possibly can and sway or convince as many existing last of us fans as they can for a product <clears throat> that maybe shouldn't be as expensive as it is and don't get me wrong there is a part of me that does hear that thinking and does engage with it somewhat i think i am just i think i'm just more won over than some people are by the work that's gone into it yeah um on a technical level like I I I I I haven't watched you know full scenes. I'm basically I'm still seeing screenshots of this game that make me go, oh wow! Like they did they did that, and I know those are screenshots, and I know that's visuals, and I know that the fundamental experience could be identical for some people as to something that they had eight years ago at this point, and that is and that is, if that's the case, don't pay seventy dollars for this. 
but I don't I don't think that means that it's not worth it in a objective broader sense. <laughs> Can I I'm interested to get your guys' opinions on this because one thing that struck me was and what, one thing I saw was a lot of people were sharing like as they do um the you know the blanket review scores when this dropped and it was like 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 5 out of 5 pretty like mad yeah 97 97 like super super high and one thing i always found i always find strange about that is even though this the original is only 8 years old to my mind like if you've just because that what they've done is a is a it is a ground up remake but it is effectively just to improve the visuals throughout the entire game right and also some um quality of life a little bit of quality of life stuff and like frame rate um and how good the lighting effects and things like that look. And then I have to say, is a is an eight year old game which is still fundamentally using you know similar like very similar um, uh, controls and look and feel and the way the character moves etc cetera, etc. Cetera, whilst they have tweaked some of that stuff, is it actually viable that this game is a ten out of ten, a five out of five, ninety seven game? When in reality, if this was a game that was brand new, we'd never heard of, didn't hadn't come out, and was a PlayStation Five exclusive, would we be saying things more like some of the controls and some of the way some of the level design is dated, the lack of verticality is, um, you know, is they're not really pushing the envelope? Would we be more rightfully critical oh. of the product if it was new? In my, in my opinion, un- undoubtedly, yes. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know this for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised that if we went and found reviews of the people who had given The Last of Us Part 1 a 10 out of 10, for example, there's going to be some kind of an emotional attachment to the original game. There's going to be you know, an idea that this is the definitive version of one of the best games of all time, and so subsequently it's a 10 out of 10. And in fact, I think in some reviews, uh, they are very upfront and very black and white about the fact that there's you know, an emotional attachment to the game that they're essentially re-reviewing in this case. Um, one example that comes to mind, ironically, he gave it an 8 out of 10, but Jake Decker's review for GameSpot, he opens up about the fact that he was a like a like he worked in film or was trying to find work in film, and The Last of Us was the game that made him say, I'm going to write about video games. And now, right. you know, nine years later, he works for GameSpot. So like, <coughs> I think everyone's got stories like that and versions of that and ways in which a title like this is going to fit into their lives. And I think that I, there's a part of me that has to believe that those connections and that history influences the a potential 10 out of 10 review. Uh, because you can't you can't call the last of us a perfect game by today's standards like so i don't think that's what they're doing although i will also say that in spite of how uh, pretty those tweets look where they you know put stack every <laughs> single review in order you know in 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 sort of chronological order and, and like going down in terms um uh, average wise like metacritic wise this is the worst reviewed of the three last of us releases so there is a suggestion that every time The Last of Us comes out, critics like it less, which does more align with what you'd think, which is that ideas and mechanics and concepts <laughs> are aging and they're less effective with time. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it is a good question, though, Jonesy. Um, and I think time has, has a lot to do with it as well, right? Like, if, if a game that is as close, if the remaster is as close to the original as this is, then stuff can still hold up. Like... No one's gonna gonna look at um, a game from like the SNES era that got a ten out of ten and, and it gets a remake here and then it gets like similar stuff because fundamentally things yeah. are so different, right? I mean, maybe it would. You know, <laughs> maybe on, on Nintendo know. side it would. You say that. I think there are some people that if you ask them to do like a twenty twenty two review of like 
Ocarina of Time or something like that, they'd, they'd still give it a 10, some journalists. Well, they'd be wrong, but yeah. That's how you create the thing that Jonesy's talking about, which is that yeah. why do some yeah. people still think this is perfect? Because that's yeah. the way they're wired to review things. But that, that uh, this is, don't get me wrong, Last of Us is one of my favourite games like of all time. And Last of Us Part 2 is probably my favourite game like of all time. Like, But mostly because I think it improved upon the original. And it wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been as good if it wasn't a sequel to that game. That having been said, I can't imagine sitting down, playing it through and now thinking, do you know what I mean? And now thinking, oh, this is, yeah, it's exactly what I would have given it when it came out originally. Because there are going to be things now where I'll look at and be like, oh, this isn't as good. This is kind of grated on me. It's, it's yeah. the sort of thing you sit down with like um, uh, Red Dead Redemption and such an amazing game. Try and play it now. And you're going to be going, oh my, like Jesus Christ, I'm struggling through this. Like, there's a load of stuff which is which has just improved in gaming over time. And if you then gave me a ground up remake, but you kept a load of that stuff that was kind of was frustrating, and you know you were sort of getting annoyed with when you played that game, I would never expect it to get like a ten out of ten or whatever that game got on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like and it's a, it, it's like to take your Ocarina of Time example, right? Like mm. when they did the 3DS version of Ocarina of Time. Like one of the best things they did was like, oh yeah, hey, like your boots in the water temple, yeah, you just fucking click a button, true, and it's done, true. right? Yeah. If if they had redone that for the 3ds and they're like, no, we're gonna stay true to the vision, and you've got to go through five menus to change your boots in a puzzle that requires you to change your boots every two minutes, like you're not gonna give it a ten out of ten, and if you are, you're a fucking idiot reviewer. <laughs> right? Well, yes. And, then- and, and, <laughs> I, I've got an, I've got another question to kind of lead into you guys, okay? Is it, obviously, reviewers and their emotions with regards to games is an important aspect of reviewing a game, right? But I I feel that, like, if a reviewer goes too far in one direction, then they are not, they're being disingenuous in terms of their review, right? Because then they're not doing their job as a reviewer. What they're doing is they're just doing a write-up as a fan. Which is which is a very big distinction, right. and I, I think a few outlets, um, not just on this game, but like in the past, have have done this, and it it grates me to no end. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, certainly. I, I think there was some a lot of this present. Uh, Josie and I didn't really get into it at the time, but when Saints Row came out um, a few weeks ago, it, it's it's so funny to me because we kind of live in this era around video game review and video game review discourse where. It's increasingly popular to not trust "quote unquote" video game journalists, whatever that term even means. Like, a, even that is a mess in and of itself. But like, someone that works for an IGN or a GameSpot, why? Because I, I don't even know anymore. But like, some people still think those guys are being paid to to write <laughs> favorable or less than favorable reviews. Some people still think that um, advertising and advertising money has as big a sway as it did circa 2006, 2007. Um, some people just think that they're all woke and <laughs> left snowflake and like, you know, that the people employed by Kotaku and Polygon represent the whole spectrum of writers. And it's just not the case. And in that gulf, I think people have taken to uh, um, filling that space with what appear at first glance to be more independent voices, voices that have uh, grown to prominence through platforms like YouTube and, and you know, in other parts of social media, because they're just regular guys like you and me, and they're not on the take, and they're not video games journalists, and so they're not woke, and they say it how it is, baby. When the reality is that, like, 
loads of people got free copies of Saints Row. We got free copies of Saints Row. Do you know who didn't? Kotaku. The guy who reviewed Saints Row for Kotaku went out and bought his copy of Saints Row because Kotaku didn't get bought. But it's like when when someone, you know, on the on the YouTube side of things goes and and uh you know, you know, does their write-up, it, it, and they're fucking sponsored by G Fuel, and they've got a big <laughs> VPN spot in the middle. We're like, wow, I'm glad I'm getting, like, <clears throat> grassroots independent reviews here from someone that's definitely yeah, not remote. Huh. And it, some of it, Chris, who, who ties back to... supplied <coughs> the code as well, yeah. Right, which then, Chris, goes back to, some. I think, a video that you've been very fun on in the past, and, like, Ranton's whole thing about, like, oh, you can't yeah. be impartial if you feel like you're reliant on the codes that you get for your content, um and you feel like there's a relationship between the way you handle those codes and the way you review those games and your ability to continue getting that access in the future. Um, in, in spite of that point, though, going back to more like what you were talking about, Chris, I think the, the reason I'm personally less drawn to, ironically, people like us um, compared to, uh, say, an IGN or a GameSpot is because we are we and, and inherently are more beholden to a machine than, than they are. They have their advertising money. You know, the big banner for fucking Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or whatever the fuck it is, flashes on and off all day at IGN 24-7, regardless of whether they give games, uh, regardless of whether or not they try and they give Saints Row a 4 out of 10 and try and get as many people worked up as they can, or whether they give it a 6 or a 7 out of 10, and it just kind of like, you know, pisses in the wind like everything and everyone else. Um, whereas I think on YouTube, you see a far greater proportion of people who feel like they are a part of that rat race. And... The idea of a Saints Row game being average is the least appealing, um, you know, idea to them imaginable because there's nothing engaging <laughs> about it, and it's very hard to write an engaging title and find an engaging thumbnail around a game that's just fine. Like no one, yeah. no one wants to be the guy that says Saints Row is really fine. You might like it. You have to, and so all, <laughs> all of a sudden, you become the person. That's like it's an absolute woke mess, and it's an ab- and blah blah, and you start diving into the depths of <laughs> everywhere you need to go to 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 make a living. Which you know, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do I, understand, and it's the game that we have to play as well. But that's Chris to like where I start to lose the thread a little bit around. Um, I I agree yeah. with you and disagree with you at the same time. I think oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> no, because I I, t- I completely agree when it comes to like are people like us, you know, YouTubers, whatever. You are, and and everyone has seen this. You are, um, by virtue of clicks and views and what people seem to relate to, it's it's the reaction face, right? It's the thing that when a game comes out and someone's like first sees it and they do that, and it's like you don't really <laughs> feel like that. You take that picture because people click on that. Yeah. And I think the same thing with like YouTubers reviews, especially they are sort of pushed to be more sensational, sensational than they would be either one way or the other. Right. Which means that you rather than be average, like Jamie was saying, you go to, this is incredible. Or you go to, this is awful. And there's, you know, cause it's that don't sit on the fence because you've got to go one or the other, or people will kind of go, Oh, this is boring. I want to hear someone go mental and angry and scream, or I want to hear someone be in love with it. Similarly, I think I don't think the magazine sort of style sites, your IGN, your GameSpots, have the same problem as Jamie said. I think that the the money comes in whatever, but I do think they have a different problem. Which their problem is it, the political correctness would be the wrong is the wrong word, but there is almost like a. I feel like there is a sense of you need to have the correct opinion about some games, otherwise your opinion isn't valid. So when it comes you, to something like Are cyber, you saying like a, like a social responsibility almost? Not, no, not so. That's why I said political correctness is the wrong word. Like an like a inter-gaming 
politically correct, political correctness, whereby if you were to say that you didn't like a new Super Mario game, because you just didn't like it, you didn't, the platform was very good, you'd get eviscerated. And every, you know that everyone's going to come out and score it really highly. So you feel pressured to like, to predispose to like some things. I think this is the problem that Cyberpunk had. Everyone want, everyone was in love with um, CD Projekt Red. Everyone was in love with The Witcher 3. Even though that game was littered with problems, they were told, don't worry, when it comes out, it'll be fine. And rather than do their due do their due diligence and be honest and say guys this game is not ready it's a seven out of ten it's whatever they gave it very high marks and then the the audience are when they actually got their hands on the game were pissed off and we all took the piss out of that that reviewer who was like the one person who gave it a seven and was like no man this game is underbaked this (laughs) whole system is completely do you remember i can't remember who that reviewer was Yes, yeah, yeah, everyone ripped who, her apart. Who is, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, has not written a single review yeah. since. She should be given a goddamn knighthood. Like she was one person who was willing to stand but, up and say, not one, but one of few, who was willing to stand up and be honest. And whilst I agree with what Jamie said, I do think that to say that the IGNs, the GameSpots, the big companies don't have the same problem, they have a different problem sometimes. And it is, it's, it's more usually with certain companies, certain games... I see. Yeah. I I I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think there is something there, and I think that's illustrated every time we look at the sort of let's say the Metacritic for a major release, and you do get this idea of oh, all these major publications, sometimes based all around the world, um, have all kind of like fallen in line a little bit. And isn't it remarkable that all these people that had the same access to the same game? Uh, theoretically in a vacuum resulted in creating remarkably uh, similar opinions but a lot of that could just be because that's just the nature of the game and i think over time what we find is that the those consensuses that were formed then continue to match audience consensuses over uh, over the many years and like i i don't know it kind of like i think to buy into that idea that there's this um, i'm not going to call it a conspiracy theory but there's there's this wide spread conspiracy theory that all video game journalists at every single outlet around the world are like uh con- like convening to to fit together and to make sure they're all saying the <laughs> oh, right yeah, things yeah. like the they have things. a group where they all yeah. talk and it, share yeah. it's like, like like when you're trying to uh, expose conspiracy theories like the moon landing for example and you're like yes every single scientist on the fucking planet all agree to lie together um <laughs> and it but the other the other thing that I find fascinating though about the point you made is that I think the people we're being slightly critical of from an audience and a community perspective are actually the same. Because I think the people that go to the the comment section of an IGN review, and like I, I it happened this week when just IGN gave Destroy All Humans 2 reprobed a six out of ten. So it was like, yeah, this is a fine remake of an uh, not particularly good PS2 game that hasn't got better. <laughs> and people, unsurprisingly, the comments were like, IGN have given this the same as Saints Row. This guy's no idea what's going on. Destroy Humans 2 is the absolute. Uh, I think th- those same people that like that vilified Cali Plaggy in the cyberpunk d- drama and absolutely annihilate websites like IGN and GameSpot um, are the exact same people that then go over to cut the more independent YouTubers on the other side. Like, I'm so glad that this guy, you know, speaks for me. I, I've really found my voice through this YouTuber. When actually what they're really oh, trying yeah, to, sure. what they're really trying to do is create, just create a system where the, the echo, the echo chamber, problem that you're talking about is exact that's what they want they want ign to think the exact same thing that they do they want to go over to the ign review and see that the game that they've already pre-ordered for 60 dollars is just as good as they dreamed it would be 
And so, like, it's a problem that... It's, it's, it's funny because everybody, though, there's a, there's an echo chamber for everything, right? There's an echo chamber for wanting a game to be good, for wanting a game to be bad, for thinking a game is good, for thinking a game is bad. You can The internet is so big, you can literally find a community who think every possible version of something, and then they yeah. all go, they all jump on anything that disagrees with the, their... Um, the, the echo chamber <clears throat> can be useful, but not at a pre-release stage, right? Right. Not, not at a point where you haven't made up your own mind. Like, if you've made up your own mind, then I, I don't necessarily think that there's a bad thing in seeking out you, your same opinion of something that, that you have solidified. Obviously, you should be trying to get, like, a, di- a different perspective. But, like... Let me let me give you an example. Okay? That's the problem. That's the, that is literally the problem of the echo chamber, though. No, 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 no. Is, no, is no, you, no, you're, no you're, it is. It is. You have an opinion. You yeah. walk into the room on your own. Yeah. And you shout, "Game is good," and then someone else walks into another door who has the same opinion and goes, "Game is good." Yeah. And then and it ends up with one big room. Everyone and then all of you are always just going to agree. Yeah, game's good. Whereas there's another room next door where everyone's shouting, "Game is shit." And to me, that's the problem of the. Yeah, that but, is literally but the problem I, of the echo I, I, I don't necessarily. You don't get challenged. You don't have your opinion challenged. Yeah, look, I mean, fucking having your opinion challenged is always a good thing. Some people just can't take it, right? But right. I don't think that there's anything wrong per se once you've made your mind up to enter the echo chamber. Oh, I see. Sorry, I see what you mean. Yeah, you me. Yeah, finding a community that agree with you and then enjoy yeah. the conversation. So, oh, I see what you mean. So no, no, I agree with you. If, that's if, true. Yes. If, if you're talking about like Saints Row, you get the game, yeah. you enjoy it. Okay, then yeah, yeah, sure. See how people enjoy it. If you get Saints Row and you genuinely right. are not swayed by anything else before you play it, and you think this is a bug-ridden mess, there's nothing wrong with finding other people with that same opinion. Sorry, but, I see what you mean. No, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I completely yeah, agree. I agree with no, that. I, do, I do that with games. That's, I, like, I like, that's, that's how communities form, right? Yeah, like, exactly. shared opinions and yeah. You know. But the danger is before opinions are formed and people shape your opinion before you've had a chance yeah. to sort it out yourself. Before you, that, when you have no idea. And that, yes. that all that links back to, like, the games industry is the only, like, industry on planet Earth that I can think of, certainly in terms of, like, the world, of, you know, media and art and stuff like that, where we have all been brainwashed to uh, purchase the most, arguably one of the most expensive forms of media out there before we know whether or not it's good, before we know whether or not we're even going to like it. Like, yeah. you think about where yeah. we're at with, like, movies and and and... Uh, music and stuff like that with music it's just like i'm just gonna stream an album and see if i like it or movies it's so normal to like wait for reviews and read loads of reviews and read good reviews and bad reviews and then form an opinion and ask other people if they're going video games were like i know that thing's not out for two years but i just gave amazon amazon 70 pounds for it and like, <laughs> so by the time it comes out two years later it's absolutely no like I don't know what the psychological name for this kind of like that re- that reinforcement and that need for reinforcement is, but it's no surprise whatsoever that people see a six out of ten. They're like, my feelings are hurt, and I really need to let the IGN <laughs> comment moderators know about that because my feelings are yeah. hurt too. By, by sending to- them a picture of my dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by and by threatening to kill the person who didn't like the product that I had already paid for because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, see, well, I, I don't think that I don't think in the YouTube world, or well, maybe more in the YouTube world, I don't think it. I don't think it changes people's opinions of like the reviews. I think it might just push them slightly. So, uh, so I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of, I kind of get the feeling these days that the the, the more sway that the these YouTube reviewers have, I feel, or, or the more prolific they get, I feel that they have a lot more sway in anything that your iGens or Gamespots have. That like. From now, maybe, 
Yeah, because those things seem a lot less pers- less personal because they're not the same guy and you don't have a relationship with that guy. Yeah. I mean, they are the same people often, but they're not. Yeah, but they're not. They're it's, not it's not the face of it. Yeah, it's not the face. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. yeah. The game spot as a face is nowhere near as um, influential as like. Um, uh, I don't even know, like you, whoever the biggest ACG game is at the moment. Angry Centaur yeah, Gaming. <laughs> I don't even know who the biggest of these names would be. I, t- what, okay, I wanted to. I did want to say one more thing because I I did promise Jamie that I'd say something that piss him off before um, uh, about this story. I question whether or not most mo- most is a bit is a bit cheeky. Most reviewers would have actually bothered to finish the whole game. Because um, yeah, they, yeah. if because they would have they would have played the the original they probably played the remaster the, this has come out they probably played a few hours and are like oh man I love the visuals I love that they've done with this yeah this is this is Last of Us uh, yeah this is wicked okay I See, know no, I, I, I just I just think that's you kind of like feeding the beast like I think you're feeding the troll <laughs> like if you, if you have your ear to the ground on this stuff you'd know that copies of the Last of Us Part One have been going around for a while now this was not a game that. You arrived hot two days ago and people had to cram a review in in 48 hours. And even if they did have to, we all know that The Last of Us is a game that you can complete in a day if you really want to. I think the, the idea to just suggest, oh, video game journalists being video game journalists didn't finish an eight-hour video game for their uh, because they didn't have to. Like, I just, I just think you're, you're just exacerbating an already very frustrating myth around people who are literally journalists. Like people not who study they didn't people who study journalism and <laughs> and and are passionate if about you, video games and went and got a job at a website that has a certain reputation at a certain time and so like oh I bet they didn't finish it why because they're a fucking journalist where if you apply that to any <laughs> other no, field outside not- of video games whether that's sport or movie like imagine going and say oh he's a football journalist I bet he didn't didn't even watch the full match like just there's, why, a, there's a difference between watching that ninety minutes. Exists. There's a difference of watching, but when you say like not watching a 90 minute game is not the same as playing like 20 hours of, or 18 or 15 hours, or whatever. Of a, like that is a lot of time investment. Dude, that, that's and how long I, The Last of Us 2 is. That's not how long The Last of Us 1 is. I, I'm sure it's about 15 hours, right? I think it's much shorter than that, but maybe I'm wrong. I can't, I can't remember to be fair. But, but, but also, Jonesy, you, 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 like, that's the job, dude. That's what they're going to do. No, no, of course. Of course. My question, if you'd put, I would absolutely forgive them for playing, and this isn't just the journalists, I'm talking about like the YouTubers, everyone who like reviews this. If you've played, if it's, if you've played seven hours of that game and you're like, you're 75% of the way through, I would absolutely forgive them for going, do you know what? This is wicked. This is a fantastic remake. But, but a lot of I love pu- everything they've done the, to it. I only finished the other one. I only, like, I only like, finished playing the remake. A lot of the publications disclose that anyway. Yeah. Disclose. The, the amount that they've completed. Yeah. Oh, no, some, some of them for it. sure do. But the ones who don't, I do wonder, I do sometimes wonder if they were like, I've played most of this game. I know where it's going. I've, yeah, I've but, literally played it two years ago yeah, again. But, no, no, Am but, I really going to be bothered to do it? I've got five other game reviews to bash no, out. But, yeah, but like this, now, this week, now, now, now that have you, I got time? Now that you're broadening the bracket to like, uh, anyone who doesn't disclose how long they played it for, and you've uh, you've also broadened it so that you're not just talking oh, just about like, I see the others websites, I see like, like Legend and GameSpot, you're talking about everyone. I hate to rate this to you, Jonesy, but we fit that criteria. Probably fifty percent of every podcast I've ever done. How often do we disclose whether, when we give our opinions on a game, whether or not we finished it or how many hours we played it for? I, th- I like think we nearly always ever. do because I always say I've played about five hours of it. You always go, I've completed it. We, and Chris says, I'm thinking about buying it. <laughs> <laughs> very yeah, good, very pretty good. much. We yeah. like we, literally every time we talk about a game that we say, no, I, I'm. I don't. I don't. Do you think that would be? I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with I that. Just, I, just, I, just, I just. I just. think that's one of those. Would you like, have a problem if they did that? 
if they're not not if they disclose well not if they disclosed it and it not and depend what they were doing if if it was someone's job if ign with their tens of journalists and tens more freelancers decided to give the last of us part one review to a person who decided not to finish the last of us part one i would have a problem with that yes but i think also just to like to pluck the idea from thin air that like a journalist with a lot of work on decided not to do their job because like they're an easy target i just don't think there's anything um, i didn't mean it as like a conspiracy though i just meant it as like i i kind of i could see that happening to a lot of people be like i'm so fucking sad maybe maybe i'm slightly biased because it's like that it's like that classic comment of like so again, people going into a comment section of a review they don't like because they game got a, they, a game they want to like got a score they don't like, and going, oh, I bet this person didn't even finish it. I bet it was too hard for them. <laughs> remember that? What, remember that one video six years ago where the guy couldn't even complete the Cuphead tutorial? Well, that's every video game journalist ever, baby. <laughs> there is a, so there is an interesting thing here though, because you and then you said it, and I hadn't really thought about it, but. And I do sometimes, I do sometimes think this. And Cyberpunk was the thing that made me think it. Um, thinking about the reviews for Cyberpunk, if you finish a game and it's like a thirty-hour game, the fact that you finished it kind of gives you some sort of uh, credibility. I finished the game; I can review it. But realistically, you might have people that play that game for a hundred hours with all the side content and everything else. But if you're trying to, if you've got a review to do, I've, I've literally done this where I've played a game and I was doing it to review it and to capture game footage. And I just smashed through that campaign as quickly as possible because I was just capturing content. I was just trying to get, I was just trying to sort of play everything so that I could review it. And then looking back, I, I wouldn't say that I could, I had anywhere near the same experience had I had if I was a fan sitting down to play it and enjoy it. So then I, I wonder if actually does it does it even yeah. matter if they finished it versus played it? That's, Do you see what I mean? That's why lots of um, outlets are very upfront about the fact that they now openly turn down invitations to the kind of those old school style review camps where like right. a, like the writer would have to fly out to a certain place and play a game under like very specific confined conditions and like stay there for three days and do as much as they can in those three days and then write a review. And we're like, we're not doing that to our writers. No, like, right. Um, I would, I would just yeah. say, so uh, the last of us part one is 15 hours to do, to um, yeah. complete. And it's 22 hours for a completionist. To do you know what? Around. Like if, if we switch the focus from the last of us part one uh, back to saints row for a second, I reckon the overwhelming majority of people who independent reviewers, independent critics who made a YouTube video uh, about Saints Row didn't finish it. I right. reckon. I reckon a greater. I reckon a greater. Even though it's only eight, nine hour long game. Sure. I reckon. I reckon a greater Whatever. proportion of quote unquote video game journalists finish Saints Row compared to YouTubers because I'm sure there were plenty of people out there who played four or five hours were like. I know enough about what I hate about this game to make a video about how much I hate it, and fundamentally, that's my job. And then they went. Do you ever it. find it? Do you ever find it weird? I find this all the time when you finish a game and you've like played it all the way through, and then you think back to reviews that you saw. And I don't. I can't say whether it's worse for YouTubers or, or big outlets. I then suddenly kind of say to myself, it's actually really weird that they are, they often only use the first third of the game to show footage from. And I, I always wonder if that's, that's weird. Yeah, at all. but sometimes that's embargo, though, dude. Yeah. No, there's no embargo because they don't release the review until after the game's out. 
No, re- mm. like, no, yeah, getting, if no, you're an we, artist, you release it like at, at a specific time. We we used to we used to get review copies uh, at All Time Gaming, and they were they always had certain like elements about what you could and couldn't show. Yeah, like you like Ubisoft all the time were like, don't show the map, don't show the menus. Maybe it was it. Was, don't get me wrong. When you're releasing, if you're releasing the review on the day of release, like it, I understand, but it's like it's the agreement you're making in term in return for getting the game early. Yeah. Yeah, maybe because I've often thought like that. We, that we, does strike me of a lot of games is that you were, then I think why the hell didn't they? Sh- they've literally showed, and it's like a day one review. In which case you could then technically show whatever the fuck you wanted because even though you signed an embargo, you could technically have no. But like what Jamie's saying, and and, and again, this is what happened with us. This is what happened with us at ATG is you could sign uh, an NDA and the review embargo will be on the day of release. But because you've signed that NDA and the NDA has very specific things saying don't show X Y Z. You're mm-hmm. contractually bound to not show X, Y, Z, regardless of... So technically what we could have done is not signed the NDA, bought it on day one, fucking rinsed it, and then just put out whatever the fuck we wanted. But even if you signed the NDA and said, okay, I won't, as long as you released it on the day of release far enough, uh, like, you know, no, a few, number of hours the, after the, the day one the, release, the, how could they ever prove that you really, it was a version that was an NDA no, version or an un-NDA the, version? The NDA, the NDA you're signing isn't an agreement to only, like, capture certain footage from that version of the game and release a video at a certain point. It's an open-ended agreement to say, we are getting... Um, this copy of this game to produce this, this uh, content of this nature that will include and not include these elements. So if you've signed that agreement and ultimately publish a review, it doesn't matter if like you replied and said, "Sorry, publisher, you're actually wrong because I went out on day one and bought a legitimate <laughs> retail copy of the game and then captured this footage myself." It's still under the same NDA. And then and then there's Most a merit the- system to it as well. Don't see, like- we, we we signed these agreements. Like we no, made- no, I know, I've I've, I've read, no, I know, and I've read loads of them. But mo- I, most of those types of NDAs always seem to me to be earlier on in the production process. They oh, don't but, seem but to not, be though. the day. They're not. We used to. No, they, are, they, are, and, they often and, are. We we the, some Mate, of the, some they of the, were coming through our desk. They they were the, we some no of the notes. I I I, went, I remember having to make like we didn't do reviews all time gaming, but especially with Ubisoft, a lot of the versions we'd end up getting and the NDEs we'd end up signing were for review purposes. And I remember there being stuff like, um, oh yeah, you just can't show up, can't can't show any of the menus and can't show the map like at all. Yeah. I've never read an NDA that like says you can't, can't show, show anything from two third from after the first third of a game. I've yeah. seen, I've absolutely signed NDAs where, where it was like, don't show the map, don't show the menu. And I was assuming that was because they might change those elements. And oh, it'll be a case of like, fixed. oh, once you I've get to this point, says, we've had ones where it was like, don't, once you in, get to this in, point. Yes. Only in only in recording sessions where you go to their place, no. you sit down and you play a game. I've never read an NDA where it says for for a review copy of a game where it says do not show any of this but game. The, after what, this but point. The, what's the relevance of never. that when you're talking to two people who have and are saying you're wrong? Because <laughs> I, well, it's just because it's because I've never signed one. Okay. You fucking have, mate. No, no, I, I, I genuinely have. I I've never know. read one that when, says when, when, you when, are not allowed to do anything that happens after this point. I don't, in the game. I, don't think, I don't think Jonesy would have ever had to sign an NDA for a review he, copy. Yes, he would have. Just no, he wouldn't have. I've done it. I wouldn't have read it. Oh, I always read you, them. I always read them every time because I'm literally. Bro, I've the amount of time, so, the amount of times I put a pit thing under your nose and said sign this because you're playing this game and you're like, oh, cool. I read them every time. <laughs> Clearly not. not you you don't know. even have to. You don't even have to. You don't even have to read them. You don't even have to read them because they literally. The there people, we go. You don't even have to read people, them. 
the people with no, because in the email they'll even say no. I always read them, but the people come over. I don't know why you're still arguing. You're wrong. Because (laughs) no, because it's not. No, I'm not. This is you are. You are categorically wrong. You're telling me you sign NDAs where it says even though this is a day, this is a review. You're not allowed to show any footage from after. And I'm not saying they I never can, do I can tell, I'm, I can I'm tell not saying you, they never I can do tell you I'm saying, I'm saying it seems very rare that they, it to me seems rare Wait, that Categorically, they do it, I can never. tell you that that is just the standard thing that used to come through our, de- our desk. I can, I can, I can certain, tell you They I might say, say don't show, I, they might show don't show a mission or they might show, say I, don't show I, this. Hang on, be, don't I'm, show I'm anything joking. beyond the space. This has gone weird. Let's get back to the switch because like I can tell you games and publishers where you are just wrong. Like I can tell you You still, you still got the NDA. After this, send them to me and I'll read it. I, I don't. We don't have access to that email account. You know that. Oh, all right. I'll find NDAs that I, I've got. I, I can tell you. From can like tell, years I can ago te- where I can, I can send you, that, you and it doesn't te- say anything about I, I, Don't I, show I, anything after 30% can, into the I game. I can tell you that Ubisoft did this all the time and when we accepted review copies for the two that come to mind were Far Cry 5 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, both of which I took the copy and I made the content for. We got these big like PDF packs and they would talk you through like and they'd give you an introduction to the game and introduction mechanics, and they would give you an introduction to the story, and they would talk to you sometimes in very specific points, sometimes me- mentioning explicit mission names, sometimes mentioning chapter names. They were saying, this is, the, this is the point at which we don't want you to talk about or show what happens after this. I will make an effort to find NDAs from review copies that have been put up online and f- and see the pers- how many of them say, you yeah, can't show anything past this, this point in the game, because I think you're both wrong. I think is, you're right in specific is, instances, I think you're right in specific this is insane. I think you're wrong on this is balance. This actually insane. There, you're there's, arguing a, with there's, a, there's, a, there's a fine line between you kind of just being like adamant and you almost being insulting. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> like No, I'm not saying thing, you're wrong. Things, I'm saying things sure. That I wor- things that I worked on that you didn't were like, I'm this, saying this was the case. I'm not telling you you're wrong, mate. I'm saying that whenever yeah. you see reviews for stuff, I'm always struck by the fact that in no reviews... Not none, but a lot of reviews, loads of them, they always seem to show footage from the first third of the game. And I've always wondered why. And I'm saying that I've never, myself, the few times that I have had NDAs for review copies of games, they never say, you're not allowed to show anything after 30% you, gotta, of the game. You've, you've got to stop using never. That's not you've got to stop using never. It does happen. We have got I didn't say I didn't say it doesn't you, happen. You just I just said, said never. three times. You used the word I said, never. I have never. I said, okay. I have never had one that said you can't use anything past 30% into a game. And you're saying you've always had that. So I'm saying no, 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 I'd no, love no, to not see always, those NDAs. Not always. You just said, you, like you said, you've always got that. You've we, always had it so you can't show that. No, no, not always. But the, the, the overwhelming majority of times that I can remember, I, I would do a very a, specific uh, guidance. Do you know what, Jonesy? The, uh, this would, this, you know what makes <laughs> Let's so, move on. You know, the, Let's move you know on. This, this makes it so much better is I'm glad that you, compared to me and Chris, you have spent the exact same amount of time dealing with these kinds of things, dealing with review <laughs> copies, signing NDAs. And you know what? I'm going to throw it in there. The exact same amount of time working in the fucking games industry. I'm so glad that three people with the exact same comparable <laughs> levels of experience in this No, matter, we don't. Uh, I started working in the game. I started working on game reviews in the game industry before you both did so it's you know it's been a long time even okay and we used to get re- we used to get review copies constantly and all the time i'm gonna say some shit i'll get in trouble for if we don't stop so i suggest <laughs> that we leave this well, you know what it, it's lucky fellas that we can have these arguments and we can still um come back next week and make another podcast and we can only do that thanks to the generosity of our patrons because uh after arguments like that, at least 95% of our audience has switched off. Uh, 
so if you want to keep the camera rolling for the 5% that are still with us, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show and show your support for as little as $2. You can get access to our Discord server. $5 gets you access to Patreon-exclusive podcasts, shows, some archive stuff from the ATG days, and uh, our first attempt, let's say that, at a Let's Play for The Quarry, which we have yet to record a part two, but it, it you know... It's coming. It, it, it's, it's, it's coming. I mean, stroke it long enough, it's coming. That's that's all I'm going to say. Um, and right now, on screen, you can see some names of people that have been very generous with uh, not only their time, but their money as well. And I'm talking about Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Bill Caesar, Brimstone, Cole K, Crow's Perch. There we go. I Snort Rock Salt, Jesper Camdahl Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Piers, Pastors Guild, and the big boys, the guys that make us rock hard week in, week out. I'm talking about Brett Z, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Reed, Manuel Guerrero, and of course, the one and only Peaswad. Thank you so much to you, every single one of you. You keep the Super Show dream alive. And hey, let us have these um, <laughs> these arguments. Whew, wow, that was... Uh... That was good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much <laughs> to all of the patrons. Genuinely, yes, thank you. I, I would, I would cry weekly if I didn't get to come and annoy Jamie on a weekly basis. <laughs> I'm crying weekly at just being here. So yeah, wow, just, there we go. Right. Oh, I told you, motivation all time low. Fellas, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about some some games that we we ourselves <sighs> have have played. Um, maybe to completion maybe not maybe only 65 percent of the way maybe just the main story and none of the side quests so uh let's on head on head on over to um alex jones what you've been playing but you know what's funny mm. i had to sign an nda this week um this was for uh meet your maker ah. which is um we talked about briefly because it was um uh, the dead by daylight guys Yes, it was. Um, this was something that we sort of chatted about for. I think it was Jamie and I were chatting about because it was a um, asymmetrical uh, shooter puzzler where you were. It was all of us, being... but thanks for remembering that I was there. <laughs> I don't think you were there for that one. Were I you there for that one? He was. Oh no! Now I feel bad. Jonesy's memory um, fails him for the second I, I time. I think I was even fucking hosting that one, but you know, like whatever. Just, that was because you were the host, mate. That's why. That's just, why. Just called me Lord Muck over here. Wow. Um, so I played a bit of this. I played a couple of hours. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting concept. I think we, when we talked about it, so I signed up for the closed beta because um, it was I love a bit of an asymmetric game like this, and I wanted to see what it's all about. Um, in some fashion, it's been done very well. Like it plays, it feels pretty fluid. It feels quite nice. It's a sort of perfectly fine functioning first person shooter in a lot of ways. When you are the person doing the raiding, mm-hmm. um, there's a. It's a bit of a weird one because from what I've played so far, I, I don't know how much longevity this game's got i mean it lives and dies on you building these um these puzzle rooms uh or puzzle buildings with uh, grunts and things who are trying to pr- protecting sort of like a sample of genetic material which is effectively what you're doing and then you raid into these areas you try and not get killed whilst extracting genetic material um and when you're playing the game like that, it's a first-person uh, shooter. You're running through. You're trying to take out bad guys. Traps are firing at you, um, and you're trying to dodge those or blow them up and survive. And the, the idea is that as you go into these areas, there's a path that is effectively a route through to this genetic material, which you have to retrieve and then escape with it. You know, it's pretty basic stuff. Um, and I can see, and some of those buildings and some of the 
puzzling sections are really cool and they can effectively just end up like meat grinders where you've got shitloads of people, loads of grunts attacking you and traps going off. And the ingenuity of what some people have built is really cool and and does feel quite doomy. It has got that kind of like, um, you know, out of hell, demon spawn kind of feel to it that um, Doom, Doom's got. Yeah. The problem I think it has is, and then you, but you also, the other side of the game is that you get to build your own sort of like, puzzle temple or whatever you want to so call it. So did you do both? I did both. I had, okay. Yeah, I did both. Um, that side of it is it's a, it's a way to explain it. It's, it feels like um, Minecraft. It feels like Minecraft for adults who, you know, want to get a bit. Because <laughs> you can change the sh- types of blocks, shapes of blocks, well, how they function. You can put traps and you can kind of try and be um, ingenious. It is quite laborious, like building the places, and it's not that engaging i can see how some people might really get into it and just go i've designed this incredible base that's going to be amazing and i'm and because you get um if you kill people if people try and raid you if they die you then can go to your base and you get to pick up a load of stuff that they've dropped um so the idea of building a somewhere that you can farm resources from dead players is a cool concept um yeah 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 but the problem I think it has for me is, is just the longevity. You're going to build a couple of these bases. You're going to do a couple of raids. And then I think you're going to struggle to see where this game, you know, leveling up and unlocking new stuff and unlocking new yeah. ways to kill people. It's just going to get dry quite quickly, well, I think, personally, it, for me anyway. It might it might live and die on its discovery system, to be honest. I mean, if you think about Mario Maker, um, I think what what worked really well there was the sense of discovery and and the kind of like upvotes for particular levels and stages, et cetera. So I think that's probably like, obviously you need to have the community making these cool things. I, yes, I'd, I'd imagine that the developer would step in if the community doesn't kind of like fill in the gaps, but yeah. it's all, it's also a question of like, Hey, are people seeing the, how easy is it for people to get to the best things? You know, I think the, the thing like Mario maker those, I think you can, it seems like you can have a lot more, you have a lot more freedom to kind of play with it and be a bit more like inventive and ingenious and you can come up with all kinds yeah, of crazy yeah. concepts. But, but there's no this real... This is more limited. But there's no it's real incentive. Like there's no real incentive in Mario Maker to make a good level for other people other than like your self-satisfaction and maybe climb the leaderboards in terms of the discovery. And th- those crazy yeah. gifts, boy. <laughs> feature on a donkey video, but like... Yeah, if there's yeah. more of an incentive to be the builder, then that's, you say that, cool. but I feel like there must be some weirdos out there. Whether it's Super Mario Maker or Meet Your Maker or Little Big Planet, they clearly don't need that much incentive because there are always that those like really strangely committed people out there who are just like, I'm going to make <laughs> the best fucking levels ever yeah. for no reason. I created I'll... Dragon Ball Z and dreams. Yeah, exactly. I know yeah. I'm going to make someone happy, and that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think this is but this meet your maker is obviously a lot more limited than that. It's that it's more like a Minecraft system. It's all but it's built around blocks, and you can build rooms. Sure, you can build little death traps for people. I'm, uh, there could be ways in which people can get really sort of ingenious with it, and you will get really cool things happen. But I think that is also going to rely on the developers adding in new elements and having and sort of seeing holes. Uh, where people are saying like, "Oh, it'd be really cool if we could have this," mm. or you know, "We could mix it up by doing that." Um, but it's, it's a fun idea. It's a fun concept, and it is well made. It feels well made. It doesn't feel um, uh, like that the controls are bad. It doesn't feel like anything's sort of under underbaked or anything like that. It's, it's, it's solid. It's a cool. It's a good time. I would I would say it's a, it's a fun thing to dip your toe into. Maybe just not to put your whole foot in. <laughs> okay, fair. Because your foot will get chopped off. 
Fair enough. Yes. Um, I'll briefly talk, mention Saints Row, which I've been playing more of. Jamie's already mentioned it multiple times in this podcast. That, the more I play of that, the more sad I feel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And the reason is, is, you know when you can feel what a game could have been? Mm, yeah. Because you bump into things and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how that would have panned out if they'd have actually had the time and the money and the inclination to follow through. I keep having moments like that where I'm just like, I feel like I'm playing. It's hard to bring it all back to editing, right? And, and making a video and going, this video is going to be a masterpiece. And then you suddenly realize you don't have the time, you don't have the budget, you don't have the resources. And so you make kind of an approximation of what you meant to make as a video, but it's just not as good as you'd hoped for. But some of the elements that you wanted are still there because you did have time to make certain things and do certain things. Yeah. But it just it's just not the product you wanted to put out. And that is my feeling of Saints Row at this point, which... I think that's, that's quite an interesting kind of take on it. From the editing yeah. It might not be fair. Sure, <laughs> it might be might be completely unfair. But I don't think it's unfair. I uh, although I, I worry I have a slightly more pessimistic outlook on, on it, than, <laughs> right? Which go is on. The, yeah, like, go on. Then. I, I, I have I have played, for example, main story missions um, in Saints Row that have given me the feeling that Jonesy's kind of hinting at. Like there is something here, and there are definitely ideas here, and you know could this have been something bigger and better and more well-rounded than it actually ended up being? But there are also times, and specifically I'm going to call out the writing, where it, which is not a department that is traditionally as hamstrung by issues like sort of like budget and, and so on and so forth. Right. Although, you know, hey, if parts of a level get cut, associated writing gets cut, then, you know, that's obviously a given. But there were parts of it where, like, interesting gameplay ideas and interesting scenarios were still completely let down by writing that felt like it was unable to build upon any of those interesting ideas. And I felt like that would always have been a kind of a, a mark against that game, even if some of the other elements had been bigger or better or more boisterous or more fleshed out or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, like I, I get what you mean in that I'm seeing hints um, of a better Saints Row within the version of the game that we got but it still feels like it's got that asterisk of, but it still wouldn't have been great because fundamentally these elements would have let it down or would have held it back. And writing is the thing I keep getting hung up on. Yeah. So, so this, is an, this is an interesting point, right? Because I was obviously listening to your, your rants last week, which was very enjoyable. Um, but the issue that I had with your rant there was you were, you were talking about like how disappointed you were, how they shouldn't have made it, um, because they just doesn't seem to be running out of ideas. And you did mention that there was a fundamental core element of this game that is just wrong and not mm. working, right? But then you did carry on to say, and maybe it's just because you're trying to move on the conversation, fair enough, but you did carry on to say, like, I'm sure it'll it'll work itself out after a few updates, et cetera, right? Where that kind of... The way mm, you were talking about it, as from a listener perspective at least, was almost how I how we were discussing cyberpunk how at its core those game systems they're not actually great and how much can you patch in an entirely new oh, game system yeah. do you know what I mean so I, I'd just be interested to I, know like a, a more definitive kind of take on that yeah I, I can't remember what I said last week but like let, let me clarify yeah um, um that 
like when this game is uh, patched up to the gills and has no uh, bugs and no glitches and uh, runs as smooth as butter, <laughs> it will still be a six or seven out of ten game. Uh, that's, that's exactly, exactly that, what you said that last fundamentally, week. Fundamentally, yeah. that, that's what this is. And like yeah. as you just said yourself there, Chris, like there are things that cannot be undone. And there are avenues that cannot be explored and jokes that cannot be unwritten and character <laughs> arcs that cannot be, you know, re-unraveled. Um, like, there, there are just little things like, like, there's one, there's one interesting quest line where you, um, where you have a, a friend um, who, and Josie, I don't know if you got to this part yet, but a friend who engages in the act of LARPing, um, live action role play. And, yeah. um, and so... But it's kind of like a in a potentially interesting spin rather than sort of like a fantasy Lord of the Ringsy style LARPing. It's like a post-apocalyptic Mad Maxi Fallout style LARPing, where you know it, they largely do it out in the desert and they build all these big forts and stuff like that. And it, there's lots of a weird amount of Mad Max inspired stuff throughout Saints Row actually, but that's a kind of different story. Um, <laughs> and so there's a level where you, your your guys kind of like what's LARPing. Which again, for me, is just as uh, like stupid as the whole "what are zombies" thing nowadays, because like <laughs> everyone knows what zombies are. Like you can figure yeah, out what yeah. live action role playing is. Blah, blah, blah. And so he goes along with his friend, and he puts on cardboard armor. And there are cool ideas dotted around this level. One of them, for example, is you are given versions of guns that are all non-lethal, and every time you shoot someone with them and do enough damage to kill them, they like feign death in a funny way. <laughs> okay. And there's this idea within the game that everyone is in on the LARPing, so even if you're going down the street and you shoot someone with a fake gun and it puts a nerf dart in their head, they will like feign death in a funny way. And like um little things like the the triangle animations you can do to like like the Saint Rose equivalents of glory kills they have all been redone to do like larping versions of that so like there's one where he like pretends to grab out their heart and they'll go like that. and it's like so you've understood that there's like you you've changed the parameters for how the combat works for this series of missions and you've implemented new lines of dialogue and new animations and new ideas but like how have you made what's going on here like even remotely interesting and and how 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 can you kind of like double down on this as a as a thought starter and take it in interesting directions or even just turn it into humor and it fails at that and the key example for me was the point where you're opening a series of chests and one of them has a poster above it that says it costs $2.99 to open and the the play, the the player character goes like why does this one cost $2.99 to open and and the the other character says Oh, this is one of ye. He's doing some stupid voices like this is one of ye old microtransactions. Thou must open thy coin purse to 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 progress, and like that's the end of the conversation. And it's like there's this kind of this seed here where like someone like I'll be. It would be really funny if we used our LARPing um, uh, mission series as a way to get a, a joke or a series of jokes or like a an, like a, a some humor around microtransactions in there. And the people responsible for the jokes just shrugged their shoulders and were like, well, we could just reference it, right? Like, we can just pick it up and then <laughs> write it down and then drop it immediately. And that's the Saints Row's approach to humor seemingly throughout, which is every good idea is touched upon and immediately left. That's interesting. Like, there's, there's, wow. no, there's, no, there's no commentary. There's no depth. There's no substance. They think that the humor is the reference rather than bringing actual any meat to the bone. Making a joke out of it. Which is, why, which is what leaves you with a game full of bones, and it's not just the jokes, the characters, the the their their individual arcs, the relationship between the boss and those characters, and the journey the gang goes on as a whole. It just feels superfluous throughout, and that is a, a really nagging problem to have 
in a game where you're occasionally seeing hints of what could be fun gameplay. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. no, no, no shit. It's fun to get in a big truck with a button that lets you flip up the thing at the front and like destroy porta potties and flip cars, like, and there are explosions everywhere. Blowing shit up is fun. Like, it's video game 101, but like, it's not enough. And it, also, and it, and it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, the pr- it's, it's also got the problem that some of those ideas that should be really fun and they sound fun and they probably would have been fun, I think, if they'd have spent longer on it. They're not because the execution is so ham-fisted or so half-baked. Like there's a there's a, uh, a mission like relatively early on where you um, you steal a crate, a big like metal crate container, and you're dragging it along in a dune buggy. And you absolutely get the idea that it's supposed to be something out of like Fast and Furious, where they're dragging it down the street and it's spinning like side to side. I think there's even a mission in Grand Theft Auto, isn't there, where you do something similar, and it's like slamming into things and like blowing stuff up and all hell's breaking loose. But because it's just not very well done, you end up with this like PlayStation Three era like stilted movement and the crate thing doesn't really move that well and it sort of just sticks into weird positions and you can't like swing around a corner and slam it into a, a, a pursuing vehicle and blow them up. It just all feels a bit shit. And you end up just like going, okay, that could have been cool if you'd have spent longer on the, you know, on the physics, on the controls or how the the interactions work and all of that. And yeah, and even like the con, even just shooting people is not that fun. Jamie was saying about the chart where you hit triangle <laughs> and you like do the finishes. They're cool, like they're they're fine. Like some of those are, are cool moments, but shooting just like locking onto people and just shooting them in the head and then switching to someone else and then locking onto them, it just gets really old really quick. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Like, uh, so as you mentioned, Jamie, like you got a bunch of codes for us, um, and I. I, I didn't take mine because I was like, I don't have time to play games. And if I do have time to play games, I'm not going to play it in something that seems like in a really bad state. But I am really curious to just try and... It's weird, right? Like, I'm curious to experience more, yeah, the mediocreness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't, maybe I'm being... I'm assuming that they it was going to be better if they'd had longer and more time. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just didn't make a very good game. But again, it's what we said, right? Like, if the maybe. systems are just fundamentally broken or shit, then, you know, you, you polish your turd as much as you want, Jonesy. Yeah, but then but I want. But that's I don't know enough about game development to know. Like, is is it that something better would have been implemented in that, and that was like a you know a first iteration or a second iteration? But when they got would have got to the eighth iteration, it would have been really fun. Like the, the whole intro section where you sort of meet the saints or who will become the saints and how they interplay and how they know each other feels like, felt to me like they had this whole idea where they were going to have the straight and narrow mercenary, the uh, the. You know, there's the getaway driver from a gang, a nerdy guy from, you know, entrepreneur, and then another guy from another gang who's like this barman. And then they were all going to come together and form the saints because of like circumstance and whatever. And in the end, it feels like they didn't have, to, to me anyway, it felt like they didn't have time to execute all of that story. So in the end, they went, oh, they just all know each other and live together. And it makes no <laughs> sense because you get this whole section where you go and get a job as a mercenary. And you then get fired from that job 
because you because such shit goes wrong and the guy's annoyed with you, so he fires you. And then there's quite a, a, a fair, funny little bit where you lie in bed and it's like smash the button to get out of bed. And it's like no, seriously, get out right. of bed now. And then I he's thought, moping around the apartment. And I'm like, that's that, fine. I, that was that was Deadpool the game level comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was. But I, but I'm like, that's that's fine to do that. But it would have made more sense to do that when you hadn't already established that you were a part of this group of people that were going to go and knock over shops to steal money to pay your rent. Like, who, you don't give a shit about a job paying you a wage when you can just go and steal stuff like why do you care about a ch- it just felt weird it felt really strangely put together yeah bizarre yeah. well fellas uh jamie did you have anything else in, in your catch-up you said you said saints row have, have you finished saints row yet no no are you um, going to i'm gonna try to I, i've done quite a lot of it the game has and this we haven't even fucking touched this issue yet but the game has uh, very frustrating uh, structural problems where you know there are the, it seems to kind of divvy up the main uh, story missions as to uh, into sort of two camps story missions that relate to one of the other members of the gang one of the other roommates and kind yeah. of follow along their story paths um and story missions that relate to the gang and the progression of the gang and their battle against this group called Marshall who are kind of like the sort of like the military um the, the, almost like a private military mercenary group that uh, are doing you know security stuff around the city, and those ones and these are how you get your um, your criminal enterprises level up so that you get uh, additional businesses that you can buy and increase the amount of money that you can generate per hour. They are locked off behind uh, a certain amount of investment into criminal enterprises, um, and it comes in two forms. What, so criminal enterprises, for anyone that doesn't know, is when you spend money to buy certain businesses that you place on the map, and those businesses operate as, a, in, in, the, in the narrative of the game, operate as a front that generates revenue for the Saints, but in gameplay terms, they open up side activities. So the one I mentioned last <laughs> week is when you buy the, the fake hosp- the, the hospital that's a front, that's what lets you start doing insurance fraud. The game gets to the point where it's like, to unlock the ability to start this story mission, you need to have placed down six uh, criminal ventures on the map and completed, so done all the associated side activities of like four of them. And like some sounds, of them, like. Sounds one, like civilization. <laughs> civilization would probably be more fun. <laughs> like, like one of one of the first ones you do, for example, um, is uh, Jim Ross, who's the, the the mechanic. That's one of the first. It's the criminal enterprise you're given as part of the story. That has eleven steps to it, and each of those steps is you going to somewhere on a map, collecting a car, and bringing it back to Jim Rob. So, if you wanted to complete Jim Robs, you would need to do a go here, collect a car, drive it back a mission eleven times. And there are points in the story where it wants you to com- have completed four businesses, six businesses. Now, some of them are easier than that, like insurance fraud, there's like five or six instances of it. But that's still you needing to stop and go and do five or six instances of insurance fraud and completing it to complete that criminal venture. And then also being forced to spend your money on on these businesses to progress as well. And they're sometimes not cheap. Like I'm at the stage now where they're 400 grand a pop. And it's like, Christ, you know, which, okay. is, which is four side quests in order to make the main yeah. story campaign. So longer. is it is it is that like artificial padding, basically, or artificial yeah. gatekeeping? Yeah, it, it, it it's ensuring that the side content is worked into the progression of the main narrative to uh, a like you said, artificially extend the and prolong the experience, and probably b make sure that people are engaging with it and are just ignoring it. Which I I hate that, but that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's mm. not quite like Mafia 3, where side content replaces main story content, um, for example. But it is... It's. N- I don't like that structure. I don't yeah. like that way of doing things. No, me either. Me either. Um, so, yeah, that's in basically, to go back to your original question, that's slowing me down, but it ain't stopping me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I'm just kind of like keeping things ticking along. Like, uh, I'm still haven't completed Roller Drone, still haven't completed Midnight Fight Express, a um, few kind of bits and pieces like that. There's a couple of, like, uh, Immortality uh, just came out on mm. um, Game Pass. I don't want to check that out. And hey, knowing me, I'm enough of a moron that you'll probably speak to me on Monday, ask me how my weekend was, and I bought The Last of Us, so. Because <laughs> I'm a fucking And then we can idiot. ask you if it's worth it again. Yeah, and I'll say... Is I'm, it worth it? And I'll say, I've completed it. It was amazing. Not worth it. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, you know what? You know what is worth it? The gift that keeps on giving. Elden Ring, fellas. I've managed to carve out some time in my fucking ridiculous few weeks that I've had. Um, I've... Knocked off a big chunk of that game. Um, I'm, I'm fairly happy. Not much more to say about that, but it does kind of bring to mind the fact that um, Sony and Tencent have increased their stake in From Software. So you know, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with them in the future. But that was the only gaming that I did uh, in my time away. I did watch some stuff. Okay, I watched Bullet Train in the cinema, which was... Uh, that That's a fun time. That's a fun time, any which way you slice it. And uh, I, I can highly recommend it. And I hope as a summer blockbuster, which studios are want to do, they hardly ever look at them as one-offs. And I think like the world that they've created there is interesting enough that I would love to see a bullet train too in whatever form it takes. Maybe maybe like, you know, fucking steam train or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking know. It's a, it's a prequel all about Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me say he was actually quality in this film, man. I like props one, to him. One of the things I read, like um, genuinely, is that um, in in like screen tests and like uh, get, with test audi- testing audiences, the studio were so happy with the uh, Bad Bunny's performance and how audiences were responding to him that they fast tracked him becoming like he's going to be like an MCU uh, character soon. Like he, oh wow. the, there's some weird thing where it's like some spat. There's some like South American, uh, some obscure South American Marvel character that he's gonna be, like. Yeah, yeah. Basically. How long before they get change his name back to what his real name is and stop calling him Bad Bunny? What is his? I'm gonna find out what his real name is. Like they, like they did with the Rock. Oh, they they, years, they, they could easily. Movies. His name is uh, Benito. I, I'll skip out all the middle middle names. Benito Acacio. Benito, it's Benito, Benito, Bad Bunny, Acacio. And then they just dropped. Yeah, the, Acacio you know, Cortez. Um, yeah, no, Bullet Train is quality film. Um, go check it out. Like, it, it, it's, it, at times it feels quite relentless um, because it's like... I, th- I heard it was shit. Oh, it's so <laughs> Is it not it, shit? It's, it's, mate, okay. like, if you go in there expecting cerebral bullshit, then yeah, it's shit. But if you go there, like, thinking this is an absolute fucking ham-fisted, weird fucking balls to the wall kind of film that okay. is more than occasionally funny then yeah you have a good time um so i brain I, at the door yeah pretty much one yeah popcorn movie but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fun man like it's really fucking cool um what else have i been watching I, I watched the first episode of house of the dragon okay uh for my sins i thought you know what people are chatting about it let me just kind of jump in i was a game of thrones fan okay uh, i even liked the last season i didn't like the ending of the whole thing but you know 
there were elements in the last season that I really enjoyed. Um, I don't know if it's a controversial take or not, but I'm I'm kind of over it, fellas. Huh. Yeah, really? I can I can imagine. Yeah, it's just like, like over it as in like next episode drops. You're not even gonna. I mean, the next episode in. has dropped, and I haven't watched it. Oh right, I see. Wow. I, I think I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I think the the things that I enjoyed about Game of Thrones doesn't seem to be present in House of the Dragon, right? So, oh wow, okay. So, so I I. I was less about that like political intrigue and backstabbing element of Game of Thrones and like the shock value. Like shock if you want shock value, just fucking watch the boys. It's infinitely better. Um But what I liked about Game of Thrones was kind of like the mysteries around it and the White Walkers and what all that fucking meant. And that was something that was established from the first episode, right? And that's kind of the thing that kept me along going with the fucking political intrigue in the backstabbing <laughs> stuff. I'm quite happy with you said that because I was the opposite with Game of Thrones. Like, I didn't really care about the White Walkers, so actually I might quite enjoy uh, oh. House of the Dragons. Then, then so. you'll fucking love this, but yeah, I, I just kind of like... I got annoyed when they went, when it went all dragony and it went all like... Oh, well, mate, this is called the, the House of the Dragon, like... Oh yeah, but the whole thing is like, you know... No, no, I mean, when it when it just became like a, a spectacle rather than sort of like the the... Not sh- not like shock factor stuff, but like the Red Wedding and, you know, this and this person then assassinated that person and that person got with that person. And you saw stuff. Oh, I didn't expect that. And it was like the intrigue and stuff I thought was really interesting with Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's where that, that stuff all disappeared that I kind of got bored with it. Yeah, I don't know. And like, you end up with that shocker that was the final season. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was kind of like, I was I was very bored in that first episode of House Dragon. And to be fair, it's the first fucking episode. Like, you know, it, you can get bored in first episodes of things. <laughs> Yeah, just like I, I, I they should know. do enough to keep you wanting to make you want to come back though. The fact that they haven't even made you want to come to the second episode is pretty dire. I just, I just don't know if I like I, I. So I started um, Game of Thrones. Um, initially, I was reluctant. I got into it. Then I read all the books, and I was really into the books. I really enjoyed the books. Uh, I didn't read the expanded book stuff, which like House of the Dragon is partly based on, or whatever it is. But yeah, just something about this. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about any of this shit. Like, why am I watching this? Boring. Who cares? Wow. Oh, that person's gonna backstab that person. Oh, okay, they're gonna rape that woman. Okay, yeah, cool. Oh, they cut this baby out of that. But oh, cool, whatever. Like, pfft, cares? Gives a shit. And 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 I find and another thing. And this is just me being me. I find that actor Matt Smith to be really fucking weird looking in in, in like a way that makes <laughs> me feel uncomfortable. Oh right, <coughs> I find them weird looking in like a actory way, which like doesn't, it, but it doesn't actually distract me. Yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yes, that's that's House of the Dragon. Yeah. Well, it was a one one less problem you're going to have now, Chris, is you're not going to have to watch House of the Dragon and Rings of Power at the same time. Oh mate, Rings of Power. Um, hopefully it's going to fare better. Uh, it's, it's, it's supposed to be better. Um, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, anecdotally. Uh, I'm I'm well up for that, and I believe it's launching with two episodes. By the time you listen to this podcast, it would be an art. So yeah. Anyway, uh, and the other thing I want to say is I I watched some esports, fellas, because I am a esports Ooh. enjoyer, as a, as it were. I watched the ESL Genting, uh, which I believe is in like the Philippines or some shit like that, and uh, my boys OG fucking won it. So you know, wicked. Yeah, nice. exactly. You guys are right there with me <laughs> well in, done. in I, my I watched- excitement of it. I watched some regular sports and my boys Chelsea didn't. Well, there we go. Yeah. So. 
I feel the same way as Jonesy feels about my Dota thing. Uh, but yeah, not always good to come and watch some some esports. Um, it's just it's just a fun time. It's leading up to the what? international, fellas. So it's a good time to be a Dota fan. As what does what the word genting mean? Uh, genting is like the the area, the location. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I thought it was like a like a hip way of saying it's a generational thing. It's a genting. <laughs> Uh, I sometimes um, I wish I was more into esports. I wish I was more into normal sports, but I just oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, dude, like I, I, I feel you. I am like for some reason there are not twenty four hours in a day as I experience them. Maybe you know, like how they say, like dogs are like one year equals like seven years. Maybe like with all of this, <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff that I've been doing, where it's like, oh, I'll watch something at two times speed, whatever. I just experience time differently, and there's like maybe five hours in a day. That's what it feels like. And you just, my, can't, you just can't cram it all in. My piece of advice would be watch three hours less Seinfeld every day. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried to do I tried to watch it a long time ago. I tried to watch Seinfeld because Chris said about, oh yeah, because it's really good. You know, you should and I was like, yeah, I, I used to watch it and think it's quite funny. It, I could I couldn't get through it. I couldn't watch like one episode. Wow. It's so it's it's just because it's dated, I guess. It's very and dated. I was never that connected. Oh yeah, like that, that they have whole things about like, oh, I I got to run into this woman's apartment because I have to listen to my voice messages on, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like feel. It's like them in a washing, a wash, like a laundrette, yeah. or whatever you call it, and like yeah. stuff like that. And you're just like, okay, yeah, some weird. This, stuff. Is, this is old. Anyway, fellas, uh, you know what? It's a momentous occasion because we got our first super chat. <laughs> we did. It, it's fucking momentous. We got our, our first super chat from none other than a friend of the show, Oddman Nunez, who wanted to say, I missed you guys. Always good to catch up, um, uh, catch you all on Fridays. And Oddman, I mean, it's it, it's not a, a two-way kind of thing, but we're glad that you catch us on Fridays as well. And it is a good time, and we miss you too. Um, I remember Oddman kind of like uh, chirping up in the ATG stream days, right? Yeah, shout out, yeah. man. He's an OG of OGs. OG of OGs. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Odd Man, for that uh, super chat. And there's another comment that we've got, which is the comment of the week, which is from the radio guy online. Uh, a guy just quite clearly associated with the finest in internet radio. We're talking about paisyradio.com. <laughs> uh, listen to us. <laughs> Thursdays, 10 p.m. Repeats on Mondays. And uh, the radio guy online says, Evening Legends, I've gone back to a 2017 game tom clancy's ghost recon wildlands it's not aged well with its graphics but its story and map are great was wondering what game or games from 2017 which super show legends go back and play and recommend good a good kind of question uh, i wish i was a little bit better prepared to know what came out in 2017 <laughs> jonesy and i did this earlier uh turns out every fucking good game ever came out in 2017 so yeah there's no and there is it, no shortage of options yeah it really wasn't that long ago either like there are games that <laughs> it's, uh, i don't even think of it as like going back wow actually fucking 2017 is stacked okay yeah. legend of zelda breath of the wild easy recommendation uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, easy recommendation. Horizon Zero Dawn, you guys liked it. Uh, <laughs> There's a secret. Yeah. Near near Automata, fucking yep. baller. Uh, Little Nightmares, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Neo, What Remains of Edith Finch, Cuphead, Prey. Fucking hell. Super Mario I mean, Odyssey. 
Odyssey, that, yeah, Odyssey comes with. That's, that's, I'd go that's, 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 If I had to pick a couple, I'd say Odyssey and Cuphead were two that sort of I would say jump out. Still, to this day, you can just sit down and have a little blast and go. Okay, yeah, but m- maybe maybe we can't go, we shouldn't go for the obvious ones, okay? So I'll throw out Ooh, okay. Divinity, Original Sin 2, if you're into your RPGs. Fucking hell. Uh, um, PUBG. When was the last time you played PUBG, fellas? Could you even play it anymore? <laughs> Can you um, still play PUBG? Mate, got, uh, PUBG is massive. Is it still massive? It is still massive. Yes, okay. just just it's what it's Valorant massive, Jonesy. Which is like you just because <laughs> some, just because something's not big mate, in the country you live in. Nothing. Oh, nothing okay. How about Valorant this? massive? The best Valorant Assassin's TV. Creed game, Origins. Play that one. I will also say Assassin's Creed Origins. Pretty sure recently kind of came to game pass across no, hold on. the board. I, sorry, I'm getting confused. Was Origins in 2017? Wasn't wasn't no, it? No, Orig- Origins was 2017. Okay, do I'm you, thinking of Odyssey, know, which is the best it, Assassin's Creed. Do you want to know how I remember um, uh, Origins came out in 2017? Because you signed an NDA? No, actually, I didn't. We So we didn't uh, get a review copy of Origins, but we did get a copy of Origins just as like a... Just to, to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Or Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein: The New Colossus yes, all came yeah. out on the same day. Most of us, being you know operating on a shoestring budget and just just being sensible human beings, look at a situation like that. Like I'm going to invest in one of these games, um, yeah. and I decided that I was going to invest in Super Mario Odyssey. Picked up Super Mario Odyssey. Very happy with my purchase. Went home that day, smiled on my face. Very good. Played, very good game. Played one of the best games of that year. Um, yeah. because it wasn't my turn, quote-unquote, in terms of when we get sent uh, less than three copies of a game, we obviously uh, have to have like a rotor of sorts to who's going to get it. Jonesy was the uh, the recipient of the all-time gaming copy of Assassin's Creed Origins, and I said, you know what, fair enough. Like, it's Jonesy's turn, fair is fair. Uh, Jonesy's going to go away, and he's going to go and play Assassin's Creed Origins. Turns out Jonesy's progress through Assassin's Creed Origins was stilted by the fact that about two days later, he just <laughs> went out and bought at a time at which I couldn't afford it, Wolfenstein, New Colossus, all of all, just, just, it wasn't, just, it wasn't two days. It was longer than two days. I tell you what, I, I don't care how many days it was. It was long <laughs> enough that you didn't even bother finishing Assassin's Creed Origins. I didn't, I didn't finish it. To it, this uh, day, you dirty Enjoyed dog. it, enjoyed it. Good game, didn't finish it. Assassin's Creed Origins is like free with Amazon Prime, like literally as of today as well. So uh, it's on. Um, I think it's on Epic free as well at the moment. Nice. Yes, yeah, so just that's a really good game to go and play. Yeah, um, I, I, Jamie, yeah. maybe you can go and pick it up. I, I do need oh, to no, recap I, I my bought, statement though. I, I bought and played that game in the end when I could afford it because you know what, Jones? I play video games. Wow. There we go. I, but I, my, my problem isn't that I don't play them. My problem is I try and play every single one that comes out and it doesn't work. And my problem is I just don't play any. So well, yeah. There you go. Hey man, life life gets in the way. Life uh, happens. Some other shout outs. Snipper Clips on the Switch is a great game. Mm. Nice little puzzle game. Um God, I've, got, else? I've got another um, one. Yeah, but, but try try and do like non obvious ones. And if you say Mass Effect Andromeda, you're a fucking troll. No, I was gonna say like a game that came out technically came out in twenty seventeen, but it's still just as big and relevant and full of content now as ever. Destiny two. Yeah, yeah, fair. Why not? It's free to play as well. Fucking corporate shill. It is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised at how fucking stacked 2017 was. Actually, it was a ridiculous year, wasn't it? I'm I'm still going through trying to see anything that jump out. I was like, Man. oh, that's well, like really Hol- Hollow Knight came out in 2017 as well. It's like, you know, it's mad. It, it was, was a good mad. time. Oh, it was a good time. Sh- sh- I was gonna. I think um, there's a couple of Telltale games that came out that year. Shout out to Telltale. I love a bit of Telltale. 
Fucking and you want to go fuck yourself. But what's interesting about 2017... No, I love them now. They're, is... my, new, they're my new favorite uh, you know, games company. This is what Jamie said over the next couple of weeks I'm gonna, or months. I'm going to um, ingratiate myself as a Telltale fan because they're currently making a Star Trek yep. game. Wow. Gone okay. full circle. Gone full circle. Um, look, with a lot of those, obviously came with the launch of... Ooh, Enter the, the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon was... Enter the Gungeon was good. Enter the Gungeon was very good. Um, in 2017, a lot of those games came with the launch of the Nintendo Switch, right? And mm-hmm. uh, talking about the Nintendo Switch, fellas, we were probably overdue at this point a, a proper Nintendo Direct, don't you think? Yeah, it yes. kind of feels like it, yeah. What was the last, the last one was like the Nindies bullshit that they had. <clears throat> it was like, I can't wait until they actually release some new... You know, talk about some new games that are coming to the Switch. That well, would be amazing. Jonesy, I think you're shit out of luck in this one because I think what what this Nintendo Direct is going to be all about kind of like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess coming to the Switch. Uh, HD ports, as it were, or like, yeah, I guess that can't say 4K because it's not fucking 4K. Even saying HD is maybe a stretch. But yes, um, on a podcast, Mike Minotti and Jeff Grubb said that they were very, very sure uh, that a Direct is being announced that would have Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports for the Switch. Now, I've I've got a, a big soft spot for Twilight Princess, uh, only for about half of the game. In by, and then by that point, I remember it's a, a tr- more traditional Zelda game, and then I get pissed off with it and stop playing it. <laughs> well, how this. much is it going to cost, Chris? Is it going to be worth it? That's what I want to know. You- it's 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 going to be yeah, it's going to be it's Nintendo. Dude. It's going to be a full price. Uh, will it be worth it? A GameCube game that was already made into an HD version for the Wii hey. U, which is now coming to the Switch as an HD version, will be full price, and none of the yeah. Nintendo fanboys are going to make a peep about whether or not it's worth the price tag. Well, that, that's the power of Nintendo, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they, they've, uh, it's like a cult. <laughs> you're wrong. Once you're in, you're, uh, you're, you're not sure. wrong. You're not wrong. I, part of me hopes that if it's full price, they do Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess packaged together. Like they did with the Mario games uh, last yeah. year or whatever that was. But I don't oh, know. Yes, the fucking superstars one. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Which was that was controversial in its own right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, they did Skyward Sword, right? Yeah, they did. Which, um, but then yeah, was that full price though? I think it was. I, 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 I it probably was. I don't know. Yeah. I'm enough of a sucker that I, 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 my, I would really. I I feel like I would like to play Wind Waker again. Um, so I, I I think I could would buy either that as a standalone product or this as a bundle, uh, probably in just classic Nintendo sucker kind of style. And I, yeah. I think I'd happily play Twilight Princess as well. Um, that's one I never really jived with. Which Twilight, Chris? Which, Twilight uh, Princess which, is, a, is a good one. Yeah. Which uh, hand do you reckon Link is going to hold his sword in in this one? It's yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's going to have to be his right if they. If they add any kind of like one-to-one motion like they did with um, Skyward Sword, then, you know. Do you remember Twilight, that, Prin- Twilight Princess was that game where it's like, yeah, you can wiggle the Wiimote and uh, Link will swing his sword and go, yeah. It was, but it was also a GameCube game. Yes, it, yeah, was, it was also it a, was game. a GameCube. Yeah, it was a GameCube, yeah. That's it. That, Nintendo are amazing. How do they, like, how do they do this? How do people get so annoyed with Sony and, uh, and Xbox and, oh, look what they're doing and remasters, remakes, da 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 And then Nintendo just go through the roster of a game, of, of games from like 15, 20 years ago and just keep pumping out the same game. 
And then they do it like it's a new thing. Like we should all be impressed and we should all go, well done. Well done. You've brought, yeah. you've brought same game again for the third time. You're not well, wrong. Like- <laughs> You're not wrong. And, and I think like we, we'd be hypocritical to kind of like lay it on um, Naughty Dog and, and The Last of Us Part 1 and not lay it on here. I think it, it, de- it depends on the value proposition, right? Like if we talk about the uh, Super Mario collection, like that was a that was a good value proposition. Where- I'm not criticizing the value. Like again, it's a, va- a value thing. If you, if it's worth it to you, fair enough, you can go and buy it. But but come on, Nintendo! Like seriously, Mate, Nintendo it's, they it's, they march to the beat of their own drum. Like it's, yeah. it's, they always have. When, when we talked about the Last of Us, we talked about the pricing. I said they probably just set it at the highest price they think they can sell it for, and that's all Nintendo <laughs> do as well. <laughs> if so, if someone told you jars of your piss were worth fifty quid on the open market, you you wouldn't sell it for twenty. That's true. It's true. It's true. It's it's okay. I was gonna no, Matt. That's too far. I won't say that. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that well, that sounds bad. But I do not. At this point, is it is it just because we're so we're so short of first party content for the Nintendo Switch that any crumb from the table, we're like. Amazing! I'm excited. No, no, because I mean? because if you if you think of it that way, Jonesy, then actually, like, look at the PS5. Like, the, there's a fucking drought on the PS5 compared to the Switch. I mean, <laughs> one of the best games of all is time there? is coming out uh, in two months. Let's not forget that much. <laughs> so they've got that going for them. No, not according to Alex they Jones. Do that going to they do have that, that going. For that them. game's not coming out this year. February. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I can't remember the day. I can't remember what day I said. I, I love it. Like it'll be the day of release, and and Jones will be like, "Yeah, February." Mark my words. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I said February 9th I think I said February 9th I, 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 I don't but, know if the PlayStation situation feels like a drought. I think like if, I I might get in trouble for saying this. Like I think Game Pass uh, kind of obscures this a lot, but Xbox are in a far worse situation, and like yeah. Starfield. Skipping town, um, yeah, <coughs> left them like with their hands in their pockets for an, for another winter, which is like a, a crazy thing to think about. But then, like, I, I think the, the best way of putting it is that none of the big three are doing a particularly good job of like hitting constant home runs in the first party field. The Switch, the Nintendo have been there recently, but they have not been there this year, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. With with a few, there are always exceptions, and the reason there are always exceptions is because when Nintendo do kind of step up to the hockey, they've usually got something pretty good. And even if it's like not a good thing for everything, everyone, excuse me, like that Kirby game, it's the, it's kind of got this infectious nature around it, which is that like two thirds of us didn't buy that Kirby game, but like we all still recognize it as this really good, really well made, like cool yeah, thing, yeah. and that's. An order Kirby was cool. No, I'll give you Kirby was cool. I like I like Kirby. I thought Kirby was a fun game. I'm not I'm not trying to like uh, have a go at them, but like Kirby, I think Kirby, more of that. Like Kirby was wicked. Yeah, more of that. They've also got like I mean Pokemon still the set is full. Splatoon is coming out this month. Bayonetta true, three yeah. is yeah. going to be a big deal. So like Nintendo do have some stuff, but um, yeah. It's just every time they do this stuff, I'm always like, yeah. I'm always kind of because it's always it's the way as well that they release it during the Nintendo Directs. They'll have a trailer for like an HD remake of you know of Wind Waker, and then that'll that'll stand side by side with a brand new trailer for a wicked game that everyone wants to play. And it just seems it just feels a little odd because they kind of give it this. They feels like they give it almost the same time, like the same amount of um, reverence. Yeah, which because seems a little odd because most likely the 
fucking Wind Waker HD remake for the Switch is going to outsell whatever the new thing is that they've they've put out. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Jamie's like Jamie said, he's he'd happily play Wind Waker. Yeah. And, Look, it's, it's it's I think it's a it's a cycle that more companies would uh, engage in if they could, but it relies on a number of different things. It relies on making unbelievably good games to begin with having yeah. an extreme amount of patience with where and when you port those games to, how you price those games um, in like subsequently over as many years go by, and like how you maintain um, a feeling of, or like a positivity, or like I mentioned before, an aura around a franchise. And the fact of the matter is that like part of n- the right Nintendo have almost earned to do what they're about to do with Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and apparently Metroid Prime as well, has to do with how they almost like the, the the job they did to begin with and how they protect those franchises in the subsequent years. But what what um, makes it so different to what Naughty Dog are doing though? Like why why? Fine, it's you, not ground remake, is it? It's just it's, it's it's an HD remaster of a of a old old game. Yeah, but if I, they're still, I, if I they're that, still releasing it for full price though, like I, oh I, yeah, that which is what which is much worse arguably than than. A ground-up remake of a game. They're they're effectively just releasing a game they already released for the Wii U, and they're just putting out. I don't know if it's exactly the same. I don't know if it's a, a re-remaster. Yeah, this of the is same an game. interesting one, man. Like, I think I think I I think there is like a je ne sais quoi to the Nintendo factor, and like good. It's almost like good Nintendo games are stored in a different part of the brain to good games from other companies. Sometimes it's genuinely yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Where like it's almost like every game for them is every Nintendo game is like a Skyrim. Where they can just pump it out to every possible platform because everyone just wants to play it more and more and more and more, and they just get to do it. Yeah, and, and don't don't get me wrong, like there is a limit to it, but like I don't think that many like these are weird examples because like uh, not that many people own the Wii owned a Wii U. Very few people, I'd yeah. imagine, play Twilight Princess and Wind Waker um, on that console. And so what you're really then talking about is games <coughs> that are like in the case of Wind Waker, almost twenty years old. Twilight Princess, obviously, slightly less so, and heavily associated with positive feelings around very unique consoles. Um, in some, okay. in the case of Twilight Princess, the launch of that uh, console when you're talking about the Wii, the Wii, um, and that that was my first game on the Wii. Twilight Princess, so yeah, I, exactly. I do have a firm and so like there, there, are, there, there are positive feelings, there are positive emotions, and they're just like, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I think you hit on a point then actually to be fair, which is something I often don't I don't consider, which is um when it comes to the Wii U, they 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 maybe think, oh, we had it was the right game, it was the wrong time because not enough people had the Wii U and now we have a much uh, more ubiquitous console in the snare in the, the switch. Oh, <laughs> the some of the some the of the switch, big, so some, let's just relaunch yeah. everything. Some of the biggest games on the Switch <clears throat> thus far are Wii U ports that you just yes. like you don't <laughs> consider Wii U ports. Yeah, because, it's kind of crazy. Okay, can, can I hit you up with some some timings, okay? Mm. Um, yeah, sure. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker came out in 2002. Okay. Then there was an HD remake in 2013 for, for the Wii U. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight Princess on the Wii came out in 2006. Twilight Princess HD, again, for the Wii U came out 2016. Okay, the original Last of Us on the PS3. Uh, when did that come out? Uh, 2013. 2013, and then 2014. Tw- 2014 for the the remaster. 
So it, 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 it's like, at least with the HD remakes of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, like it's fucking with the same kind of like time frame. Interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And like that, and yeah. there, there, are, there are still loads more games that people apply. Like if you go in forums where people are like, there's this feeling around this um, sp- alleged direct that we're on the precipice of that. It's like, Oh, this is where they're doing a lot of like remasters and they're doing a lot of shit that's like came out in the GameCube. As I said, Metroid Prime's name has been thrown around in there. Yeah. You go on forums and what you find is not people, you know, uh, bemoaning like the direction that Nintendo are going in or the existence of these products. It's people adding to the list of other games they want to get the same treatment. And you right. go in there and you see like uh, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door and you see like Eternal Dark, like other ga- classic GameCube classics. People say, do this as well. Like that, and that's just. The, I, I can understand like, it from the, like the GameCube thing because I think I think a lot of the problems that people had with um, Last of Us Part One is saying like it's too soon, and why is it needed? Whereas you talk about something from like GameCube era, you could say like, yeah, you know that that is ripe for a, yeah. a remaster on a on a on the current gen console. Yeah, you know? and, well, and I find the re- sorry, my God. I was gonna say, and do you know what? Like, fifteen to twenty years is probably that really nice sweet spot because we talk about Naughty Dog, we talk about them getting a bit of like shit for what they're doing with The Last of Us and the timescale that's played out on. But what was another? The other franchises that Naughty Dog worked on, one of them was Crash Bandicoot, which went away for so long that people became desperate for Crash Bandicoot again. <laughs> they were up in arms for Crash Bandicoot. When Crash Bandicoot came back, what form did it come back in? A remake of the original trilogy. Did people love it? Yes, they did. What did Naughty Dog work on after that? Around 20 years ago at this point, Jack and Daxter. What do shitloads of people online want more of? <laughs> like Games like Jack and Daxter and Sly Cooper that are now entering that 15 to 20 year range where like, man, I really want the things that I'm nostalgic for to come back again. Um, it's I think it's yeah. just a time frame thing. I'm not and don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that in um in twenty thirty three there's gonna be an uproar and people want the fourth version of The Last of Us. Um but um yeah. Child ch- p- things you play in your childhood or ver- or at integral parts of your life or your adolescence or whatever thing it is, like they can stick with you. Um and I think that becomes less poignant when you're an adult and i think a lot of the people considering buying the last of us part one on playstation 5 were adults or thereabouts when the last of us came out in 2013 or 2014 yeah that's a good point that's a good point mm. it's an interesting one food for thought double double standards if anything um <laughs> all right let's move on to the next one um this is a bit of an odd one, okay? Because uh, we're entering this this era of like, or, or this time of the year where everyone's kind of setting up their, you know, all their remaining announcements for the year, right? So we've had Gamescom, we've had E3, well, not E3, the Summer Games Fest, etc. And now we're looking at like Tokyo Game Show, okay? We're looking at Nintendo Directs. We'll probably get like Sony State of Plays, you know, like these things are happening. We're going to get game awards at the end of the year, which will have some more kind of like reveals. But talking about Tokyo Game Show, Konami has said that it will announce a new game from a series, quote unquote, loved around the world at the Tokyo Game Show. Now, when one thinks of Konami, you know, there are a few kind of franchises that stick out, right? And many of them have been <clears throat> long rumored to be gestating. I'm talking about Silent Hill fellas 
Mm-hmm. So could we see a Silent Hill? Is there a possibility that they would do a Kojima-less Metal Gear or maybe a Castlevania? Speculation is rampant that it could be that, but some people are kind of dispelling those rumors of those three titles in particular. Yeah. Um, like it was it was a weird back and forth, wasn't it, where I think it was VGC that repo- first reported like, hey, just so everyone knows, we've heard that apparently it's none of these big three franchises. Um, and then Andy Robinson, who is like the, the editor-in-chief of VGC, tweeted the day afterwards. He's like, I know I wrote that article saying it won't be any of these three things, but I've since heard from some other people that apparently like these three things are not as far away from what we thought was possible <laughs> as I first imagined. Not necessarily as a part of TGS, but potentially soon TM. Yeah, so I, I mean, this is the thing, okay? If I think of Konami, like they're not talking about another iteration of fucking e-football. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Are they talking about a Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, okay, sure, fine, maybe. Um, Are they talking about a Bomberman? Honestly, Bomberman's not a bad shout. Like, if I had to make it, I I don't want to, like, rain on any parades too early, but if I had to make a, a guess at what's going on here, I think this specific... TGS announcement about a series loved around the world will be a Bomberman-esque announcement, but I do wholeheartedly believe that a project, if not projects, are in the works across all three of Silent Hill, Metal Gear, and Castlevania, and I think we're going to hear about at least one of the Silent Hill projects before the end of the year. Hopefully. I mean, that's my, it, it, that's my guess. It's either that or if I if I am allowed to look in my crystal ball, because I have a list here of products from Konami. And seeing as everyone's kind of getting into the uh, most recent remasters, you know, like remastering recent games, I'm fully expecting PES 2018 Mobile to be, um, you know. You've got to recognize the games, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's either that or Metal Gear Survive 2. I, do you know what? I was doing the same thing. I was looking through the games they put out, and I, I think you're both wrong. I think I know exactly what game oh, they're God. bringing out. I loved around the world. It's Go Frogger. It, Frogger. It's time, baby. It's time for Frogger. It's Frogger. Uh, Frogger's, Frogger's Frog, time is now. Frogger Part 1, built from the ground up for PlayStation 5. <laughs> Jesus. With brand new uh, AI. I'll tell you what I'd absolutely fucking love is if they did another Zone of the Enders. Man, that would be cool. Would, so it, would it bother you that, uh, again, we talk about Kojima-less Metal Gear, does a Kojima-less uh, Zoe um, uh, raise any red flags? I, I, I think as long as they get the right person for it, I think it's fine. So it's just someone crazy and Japanese. Is what exactly. You're about. You know. I, there's a weird thing here, though, because if they did make a, if it was a Metal Gear, for example, and it was great. I, that what, I, what if it's the rumoured Metal Gear um, remake? Yeah, I, th- I think that every Metal Gear project for the foreseeable, for, at least at the moment, I think everything's a remaster or a remake. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be interesting, though, to see them actually go, do you know what, fuck it, we own the IP for this, we're going to put out. I mean, they did that. No, but they tried it, but it was shit. <laughs> like, yeah. they, but what if they what if they put it out? What if they did it and it was good? That would be, that would be, um, well, that would sort of start on a brand new era, a brand new, like, you know, bringing on IP. I, that, I, it would I, be I, weird. I don't, I don't think they could. But, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they could ever release anything that would be seen as being good. Like objectively, it could mm. be amazing, but I think subjectively, oh, it, there's way too much Kojima baggage there. 
people would think it's not not authentic yeah. or something. Exactly. I yeah, think yeah, the yeah. court between a rock and a hard place between where if you make something that is actually like a Metal Gear ass Metal Gear game, then you'll be accused of like essentially plagiarizing or ripping off uh, the, the Kojima style. But you know, like like trying to emulate that without having that. And I think if you go in the other direction, then you'll be accused of you know tearing out the heart and the soul of what made that franchise what it was. It's a zero think, win. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, how would how would you feel, Jamie, especially about a ground up remake of Metal Gear Solid One, but third person, like proper, you know, Resident Evil style, proper oh, full remake? Um, it would depend. I don't know. Like, I've broken him. <laughs> no, but because the weird the weird thing is, like, I I never played the original Resident Evil two or three, and so I don't know firsthand how much was changed and how much creative license was taken in changing those environments to make more sense in that perspective. What I do know is that if you change the camera position of Metal Gear Solid and kept the environments the exact same, that's a very weird game, and it and it makes no and it just, and it's a game that makes no sense from a stealth perspective. Like, it, I can, the, it's it's absolutely like I played the original uh, the original Resident Evils well two anyway, and then playing like the 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 remake was incredible. And I played the, orig- the original uh, Metal Gear Solid when it came out and thought it was fantastic. I think like a third person, uh, you're right, they would have to change some elements. Yeah, like, I think it could be absolutely incredible again. I would love to play that game. I just think that like the some of the, so many, so many elements, like, it's, it's weird to think about how much the perspective of Metal Gear Solid impacts the way that game is, but so many things need to be reworked. Like so many boss fights need to be reworked. Right, Like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Vulcan Raven boss fight like needs, like, and like there are there are elements when you could stuff. see them when you could literally see <laughs> where they were it would be like completely different because yeah, exactly. you're like, oh they're there yeah, yeah. like there are there are, there, are very, very, there are fascinating fundamentals of that game that would have to be um completely redone and that, I, that's yeah good luck to whoever takes that on i guess but that is, it's weird in a sense because whilst that that would be then true to the you know that if they kept everything the same with regard to like the story beats and what you actually did in the game but they changed the perspective it'll be interesting to then because arguably they don't have to do anywhere near as much work right they need to fix some issues like we're saying but i don't think you necessarily need kojima to to it's almost like doing a screen adaptation right from a from a book you don't need the author to be there to do that you just need someone who can translate one camera angle and one type of gameplay yeah tweak to another yeah i th- i think that would be much more favorable to people than like we were saying creating a whole new game in that series i think they could do it and it would be amazing but i don't think maybe they would be brave enough for to be fair I don't. I don't think Konami give a shit about like being brave. I think they'll do whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. They no, just too much credit. I don't care. I think Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid One is probably the more apt kind of. I can't see them remaking remake. that game though. Why not? Like, as Metal, as Gear, is, Metal like, Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. I can't see them just doing like a a remaster or a remake where they're it's the same perspective and stuff though. Because I can't. I think people would look at that and go, "Wow." Is this how this game actually was? Yeah. I don't see why not. It would feel like with Resident Evil, it would feel like they, if they did Resident Evil 2 and then they just did a remaster or, or, a, or a ground up remake but in exactly the same style, just updating textures and stuff, I think people would go, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing a 1990s game that's just been made to look a bit more flashy. 
I, mm. I don't know. I just got, I do, with, it's funny, we talk about Nintendo. I can see Nintendo players buying um, Zelda games and do, doing that and being happy. I can't see people <laughs> on other platforms doing it. Yeah. Someone with a PlayStation 5 playing like Metal Gear Solid. Or it's the same to me as if you said to me, what about somebody who played Grand Theft Auto 2 on their PlayStation 5, but they'd redone the graphics, but it was the same perspective. I'd be like, no, why would anyone play that? Maybe yeah. I'm being unfair. I just think it's really weird. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair point. I, I think you, you know, you, you're touching back on that, like, as Jamie said, that je ne sais quoi about um, Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. But look, with regards to Nintendo, I've got to say, we will know because that uh, Nintendo Direct is reportedly going to take place September 12th. And with the Konami thing, we'll know September 16th. So, Not yes. too long. Uh, yeah, I wonder. Jamie, like... What what would they need to do to make you cream? <laughs> dance Dance Revolution. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Metal Gear guy. I'm not a Silent Hill guy, right? And so yeah. I, I don't think the Metal Gear stuff is ready. Um, the 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 ultimate answer to that question is the one thing that uh, for some reason never even gets rumored, um, and it's such a weird one because in theory, I know it's a complicated game and it's a like a seemingly a, a taller order than it was made out to be online but the one thing they have never done and i do not get it let us play metal gear solid 4 literally anywhere in any <laughs> yeah. shape in any form other than a play an, an actual playstation 3 because yeah. even emulators don't run mgs4 particularly well right now um unless you have like a, a, a you know that it's it's improving all the time and the better rig you have the better results you get but like it's it's a it's um uh, extraordinary to me that that game is still such an important part of that series and such an important piece of the puzzle. Um, and it's still like you just can't play anywhere really. What if they just straight up did like hey like like uh, Super Mario like All Stars? What if they did that with like one to four? Oh, then, then it it'd be remarkable <laughs> a revelation. Like Bless you. like. Create they they did a respectable job less so recently uh, less so like uh, you know in the last uh, the generation or two but they did over time did a, like a respectable job of trying to in fact I've just realised something as we're saying as we're saying this they they already made re, re, or they already remade Metal Gear Solid it was called the, uh, Twin Snakes uh, I completely forgot <laughs> about it for the entirety of this conversation um, uh, so like. And and that you know there were there was the um, there was a collection on the PS3 that had everything up to four. There was a collection on the 360 that had everything other than four. You know they've done console ports of uh, Peace Walker, which was a, a PSP <coughs> title. Like there have been hints from Konami that they're willing to try to make this series as accessible and as readily, readily available as possible. I think some of those games have even been on Game Pass before, like on on, on Xbox. Um, but but I think there's still room for like like you're talking about one fell swoop where they're like. Once and for all, here are all these games and the way that you can play them on uh, hardware that's relevant to to audiences yeah. today. And the big one, you know, the the what the the thing that just the like never seems to budge is MGS4. Yeah, that's yeah. So well, that's it, what it's either going to be that, or they're just going to announce a, or they're going to announce a brand new game, which is um, Metal Gear Acid Three. I mean, it's time, right? Like everyone, but and it, hey, guess what? PSP exclusive. I hope, I hope your battery hasn't exploded because you're gonna have to fish that bad boy out. Yeah. What if? Because 
that they, they other insiders have said that they've been teasing Metal Gear Solid for uh, Metal Gear related news, but they haven't mentioned if it's <clears throat> gaming or not. What if it's Ooh, our first uh, taste of the trailer for the movie? Ooh. I mean, a, a trailer would require the movie to start filming. I'd be very <laughs> impressed if they managed to cook one up. Maybe it's like a that's CG. What, that's what it's Kojima's like been cutting. Yeah, that's, that's what Kojima's, Kojima's been editing. <laughs> True, actually, we still don't know what Kojima was editing. He was fuck. He was just editing the trailer for his fucking podcast. No, he was no way. Not that trailer. Like it was yeah. him sat there. Yeah, I saw so that the, edit there timeline. Was the, there, there was, was more no, shit going was, on. Yeah, there was no editing in that. It was yeah. just him. I don't know, man. I meant to listen to that after you said about how bad it was, Jamie. I meant to listen to it, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the most fucking Kojima thing ever, isn't it? Like, it is I, I, listen, I listened to that little intro thing. Just fucking hell. It's like, yeah, cool. Did you th- uh, think what I thought about the guy who dubs over him, the voice? What? Just that it sounds like a weird, like, emotionless robot. Yeah, yeah. And like, and, and then with way? Kojima still speaking in the background. Is yeah, like, weird. how how are you meant to listen to this? Who, which human were, was this made for? <laughs> Whose ears is this made for? <laughs> Whose ears? I love it. Oh man, uh, fellas, look, we, we were talking about uh, one of the better games in the Assassin's Creed uh, uh, catalog, shall we say? And I said it was the best one, but I was mistaken because I thought they were talking about Odyssey. Um, but hey, you know what? We're not going to wait too long for the next Assassin's Creed as Assassin's Creed Mirage has been confirmed to be the next game in the series following a leak of a DLC quest for the title on Ubisoft's own website. So yet again, Ubisoft own goaling themselves. I just can't fucking help it, can they? They love like, it. Uh, I, it's on purpose by this point. It's the leakiest <laughs> fucking ship in gaming. It's got to be. Yeah. Like the funny thing is, like that they the nail in the coffin was Ubisoft leaking it themselves. But like like twenty four or forty eight hours before they did that, we also had other leaks that were like, yeah, here's everything you need to know about this video game that they haven't announced yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of mad. Um, loads of people kind of confirming it. Jason Schreier weighed in in another uh, Mirage week earlier in the week. Um, we've seen what a DLC quest would be based on Alibaba and the Forty Thieves. Um, we got some character art. Title will star Valhalla character Basim, and it's set in Baghdad. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't play Valhalla. I don't know about this fucking character. Jamie, I remember you saying that some weird shit fucking happens with him in the yeah. game. It, it, like, I, I still maintain that Assassin's Creed... I'm going to throw both Odyssey and Valhalla in there together because they both got funny shit. Um, uh, like a kind of neck and neck with Wolfenstein the New Colossus uh, when it comes to... <laughs> Games that I just want to explicitly spoil for everyone who listens to this podcast because more people need to know about how fucking stupid their stories are <laughs> in the best possible way. Um, Basim is a really fucking stupid character when you know like who or what he actually is. I'm trying not to say too much. Um, I, I think I, personally, I think you should, and if you don't, no, then I, I don't because I'm currently playing Valhalla and I still haven't finished it yet. And I've and I've I know I've no Basim and I've yeah. done missions for Basim. You know, what, Alex Jones, fucking. Finish I don't want to find out what he actually is. So finish good. Origins first, and then we'll talk. Right? Nah, I wasn't a big fan of Origins. You're not going to finish honest. Valhalla, dude. I'm telling you, you're not going to finish it. I I, yeah, no, I doubt. I'm, 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 I think I'm barely halfway through. I literally, I, I don't know if I can stick it out for another fifteen yeah. hours. Or it's a long game. <laughs> It's a long, it's a long ass game, and there's a lot, and you build an entire bloody village, and then you're like, still more game, okay, still more game. Just um, keeps I, going. I think the most interesting thing about this, in terms of what we've heard about it um, 
obviously everything allegedly everything's speculative at this stage but the idea of a more stripped back old school ac inspired stealth oriented um, assassin's creed game is interesting like there have been rumors about things like the are some of the sort of like slightly more long-winded rpg systems like the leveling mechanics and the skill trees and dialogue trees <coughs> all being taken out of things and just trying get a more simple back to basics assassin's creed game i will say i like that in theory the only concern that i would raise is that if you it's you can't achieve a back to basics assassin's creed game by taking valhalla and stripping stuff out i hope they strip stuff yeah, out but no. also reintegrate more traditional old school assassin's creed mechanics and try and make something that feels like a more of a throwback ac style game because this is their like weird DLC that became a full game that's not coming out at fall and it's kind of the last one before their big infinity thing. Like do something different. Have a bit of fun with it, experiment and like like get get some fun ideas going. Why not? Throw they, shit they, against I, the wall. <laughs> What's annoying with this is is you know like I don't even it wouldn't even take that much to get it back on track with like more old school stuff. They just need to sack off a whole bunch of stuff and just focus on the areas that people really care about, like the story, the progression through, you know, the the, the the weird shit. If they're going to keep any of the weird shit, in. if they sack off the base building, you know that the um, those more sort of element those, those elements to it, I don't think anyone would really care. Sure, you take a sixty-hour game and you knock it down to like a twenty-hour game. No one's going to complain that it wasn't long enough, especially if it had more of a, you know, a through road that was more of an, like an old school Assassin's Creed game. I'm not going to be like, do you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to build things and go on fetch quests for people and do more of those sorts of missions. I'm, no one's going to say that. Totally. <laughs> especially with how readily available Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla all are now and the yes. fact that Origins and Odyssey do hold up and are getting 60 FPS patches and being released for free and all that stuff like there's no shortage of ways to spend hundreds of hours playing Assassin's Creed right now so like mix things up yes yeah. do you think that they can though do you think that they could be successful in returning it back to its roots or have they gone too far have we as gamers progressed too much? <laughs> um, I don't know. What I didn't. I think they could. I think don't even think it'd be that difficult. Like, was, for example, like if they went back, and fair enough, maybe people would be like, "No, that's too far." But if you think about like the original Assassin's Creed, where you were very limited in like where you could go and the size of the map and stuff like that, I think even if they just rolled it back to doing like a few cities and just did the hell out of them on the current well, it's generation, it's gonna be one city, dude. It's gonna be Baghdad. But, but okay, but they're, they're gonna. They're, yeah, like, I don't know. That might mean Baghdad, but it might also mean at is still giant. But it's just you know you can go outside and you can wander around. If they actually limited it down to sort of like actual you know the city and just did the hell out of it, like I like Syndicate for that. I like the fact that Syndicate was like this is London. You're in London. It's contained. Everything is is amazing and sprawling inside of a city. I don't really need the open world Assassin's Creed in the same way. I almost think that is. Because it just it just becomes another open world game, and I don't think that's what Assassin's Creed is. That's not its strongest, you know, selling point. Is that mm. it's the verticality, mm. it's the uh, it's the parkour, it's all of that stuff. I I also think that there are like one of the frustrations that a lot of old school AC fans have with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla that I think has got more and more with each subsequent release is that you don't feel like an assassin anymore. And by the time that yeah. you're playing Valhalla, you are more of a Viking than you are an assassin. And you're running into big skirmishes with bunches of uh, with a bunch of dudes, and you've got a hammer in each hand, and you are spinning around and fucking chopping people's heads <laughs> off. And it's it's your own unique brand of things. But we've come a we've changed a lot from the days where like 
Altair, you know, had his hood up, head down, sneaking through a crowd, like touching people's shoulders in a really creepy <laughs> way. And in that kind of that classic thing of like, you know, that hidden blade where you would like go shink, shink really quickly in someone's neck and turn around and walk off before anyone even noticed the body had hit the floor. And yeah. there's something really unique about that kind of that social stealth assassin, like that was able to kind of, um, you know, like weave his way through a city completely unnoticed that I think that it can get some of their essence back if they change the way that the story works, that they change the way that the mission is structured. And like, all they need to do is get to a point where it can still control the same as Valhalla. Like the, um, um, the, yeah, the fucking, the, the, the parkour can work the same as Valhalla. The, and so, but imagine if instead of like being a Viking on a long ship surrounded by like 40 dudes raiding a village, it was like, you are now one person at this end of a city. You know that it almost Hitman style. You have a target somewhere in this zone at the other end of the city, and like AC one style, like here are some side missions you can do to uh, to find out what job this person has and um, where this person hangs out and what he might be wearing. And that sounds like Hitman ideas. Assassin's Creed One had shit like that. You'd have yeah, to go yeah. and eavesdrop on people, and you'd have to go and bribe people for information, and. As, as soon as you get to a point in Assassin's Creed Mirage where Basim has one mission, it's like assassinate this target and leave the area. I think you can get back to that really cool, fundamental, old-school AC feeling that would really give this franchise a breath of fresh air, even if it didn't have any new mechanics as such. That's yeah. what I'd yes. like to see. I'd, I completely agree with you. I think that'd be, that would be something that they... I, I don't know if they would do it, but it would be amazing if they did. I, I will because- say... Sorry, just quickly, the key art is promising because it's an Altair-looking Basim with his hood up, jumping with a hidden blade out, and there's like a crowd of people in front of him. Even just that key art gives me a little rumbling. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you you remember like Assassin's Creed 1, it actually felt perilous when you got caught assassinating someone and the guards saw you and you literally, it was like really clunky to like pull out your sword and you didn't want to get into a fight with them because you were genuinely like, oh, Jesus, I fucked up. It was more like you were saying, it's more like a Hitman game when someone has noticed something they shouldn't have and then suddenly the game switches and you're like, you don't want to be in that situation. You then immediately want to get out of that, break the line of sight and become hidden again. Assassin's Creed used to have that, whereas I, I think it maybe started with three, which I and I did like three. I, re- I actually, one of the few people who probably did, um, I actually really liked the way three worked but you could run in like a, you know, a Native American warrior and just beat the crap out of people with axes and, and whatever and feel cool. Whereas, yeah, you let's get back to that Hitman style, sneaky, stealthy. It's dangerous to be caught. I'm yeah. well up for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's get Jamie on a call with uh, Eves and just make sure that they're doing that down the line. Down the line. But I have one last question to wrap up this segment and probably the the podcast as well for this because i'm 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 science flag big time but what what happens what happens if they have a triumphant return to the origins of assassin's creed okay and then directly after that they release this fucking abomination that is this infinity (laughs) whatever they fucking want to call it this uh vignettes kind of thing and it's just like you know well wasted wasted uh but then Efforts. if we take infinity at face value, then it can house a whole number of experiences. And like, maybe we end up in a momentary kind of like, uh, sort of like tricky area where Assassin's Creed Mirage is this really cool stripped back old school ACD, ACD, AC style thing. ACDC, the, yeah. yeah. ACDC okay. style thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And in the first Assassin's Creed Infinity kind of, I don't even know what terminology to use, but game within the game is like some Ghost of Tsushima, Feudal Japan, massive 200-hour thing. And people are like, oh, God. It does nothing stopping the next thing within Infinity being a Mirage-style experience. Yeah. Right? Like, if Infinity works the way we think it might. It almost you might find that it's actually a bunch of uh, Mirage-style games woven together, like which... Uh, and other games, obviously other elements as well. So yeah, it could just mean that you just get more of the same. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, maybe they don't, maybe that is, yeah, the route to how they would do it. Then you can serve both audiences. You can serve the audience who want the massive RPG and you can serve the audiences who want the more vignette experiences. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating seeing how Ubisoft's plan for Assassin's Creed plays out in the next like few handful of months. It's going to be The one thing that worries me is Ubisoft. Ubisoft. So, They're going to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, say it's going to be amazing, say it's going to be amazing, and it will come out when none of us will realise, and then a year later we'll talk about it and go, "Is did that happen? And Jamie will go, yeah, man, loads of people will be, yeah, it's great, it's brilliant. And then it'll be yeah, like, but not, not for Assassin's Creed. Yeah, to be fair, fun. that never happens to Assassin's Creed. Like, it's very easy to forget, That's but like true. Assassin's That's Creed true. Valhalla was like the fastest-selling Assassin's Creed game in the franchise history. Which makes it even weirder that they do it with so many of their other titles, because surely they know how to do it successfully. Why do they then do it with other games, like, in other titles? I don't get Because yeah, they're riding the wave. Games. And all the other games is like they're trying to generate the wave, but there's not enough yeah, exactly. fucking force maybe. to, the to wrong propel maybe. that wave, you know? The wrong free-to-play titles at the wrong time, consistently. Yeah. <laughs> even like, but even like, didn't Far Cry? The latest Far Cry did like pretty abysmally, right? It didn't do very well. I am not sure how that sold. Um, I, I think it sold fine, but I don't think it. Not not like um, Valhalla being the apex in terms of sales. I don't think Far Cry Six was the apex of sales for Far Cry. But you can pick up Far Cry 6 for like 20 quid at the moment, so like... Yeah, even like, just a brief look at Wikipedia, there's, um, other than the fact that it seemed like it sold well in its first week, which of course it did, um, there's not nothing really, I don't I, I don't know if they've put out any official numbers. Um, Mid, middling review scores as well, to be fair. So I mean, that, I, that I, I, I'll be honest, I don't like to admit this too readily, but I didn't finish Far Cry 6. I played like two thirds of that dude, game and then fell off. I didn't even play it. I literally, I thought about it. I thought about it hard, which is shocking given that I'd played Far Cry Primal and I didn't <laughs> touch Far Cry Six. That feels that feels like a dirty thing I to might, admit. No, I might like Far Cry Primal more than Far Cry Six. <laughs> okay, right there you go. Now I don't feel as bad. That's my hot take. I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever missed a Far Cry game, and then Far Cry Six, and I was like, yeah, it's looking good. It's looking good. It's looking good. And then it was a case of other stuff's coming out as well at the same time. I don't think I'm going to play Far Cry Six, and then it, I just haven't. I haven't, and it's been over. It's been a year. Shocking. It's pretty shocking. Not as shocking as me ending this podcast, fellas. Uh, But hey, it's good to be back. It's good to hammer down. um, You know, be in digital proximity to you two. I can digitally smell the bo all the way from here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to repeating the same next week. We've got. I don't know about next week for sure, but we have got a big couple of weeks. Like, set, I think that I think this is going to be a big month for shit happening in the games industry. That's all I'll say. It's, it's going to be a few amazing weeks, and it's all going to be capped off in November by the release of God of War Ragnarok, where we'll do our biggest show of the year, where we just talk about God of War Ragnarok, and Jamie would have finished it by two days after it came out. 
Yeah, it'll be massive. Nah. It won't get delayed. It won't Hold be on, delayed. J- Jamie, it won't you, come out in February. Are you, are you taking time off work for? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, you're finishing in two days. It's already it's already booked. I can't remember. Well, um, I think it took me a bit longer to complete God of War one, but that's also because I went for the platinum. I think I did the platinum in five days. Um, on God of War one, four or five days. So yeah, like maybe two days. We'll just have interest. At your company, just out of interest, if you try to cancel holiday like within a certain amount of time, say let's say you were going to do something <laughs> oh, and then it gets cancelled, can you can you, do you have to take the holiday? Can you just get that back? Or uh, no? you okay. know what, Jonesy? I, I I don't. I'll put it this way: I don't plan on finding out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what: one thing that is fine. I'll briefly touch on there was because obviously they had uh, some like God of War Ragnarok Game Informer had a cover story, etc. There was some more footage that came out, a bit of gameplay. I read the comments on Twitter because obviously people were talking about it under the Game Informer thing. And there were people on there going like, oh man, this game's so getting delayed, isn't it? And then other people just being like, oh, well, it, it's, it's coming out in November, you idiot. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I, it's interesting. There are still some people that are kind of like saying that as well. But now I feel like I'm in the bad camp. <laughs> I feel like I'm in <laughs> yeah. the bad of people that are like, it might get delayed. So, but yeah, like, yeah, like Sony, do, Sony doing a cover deal with Game Informer and giving them gameplay footage seems like a weird time to come out and need this. It does a little bit. Jamie, you don't understand it's a vertical slice. It does slice. a little bit. Well, we haven't seen it yet, well, so we don't know. It's, it's going to be a vertical slice, slice. yeah. It's, 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 I, well, yeah, we haven't seen it yet. I, 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 this, yeah. this, this alluded to state of play with uh, PlayStation, it, do you know what? If the whole thing is God or Ragnarok, I'll be so happy. If that is a thing and it does happen. I mean, it, it, by all means, everything that they've done... Uh, leading up to releases of game, big games recently, it can most certainly be just God of War focused for like twenty minutes. Oh, but but there, so there's obviously the rumours that there's going to be one relatively soon, and if yeah. it is that, and if it is, ju- I'll be I will be made up. I'll be made up if we can actually see, you know, some some decent I mean, gameplay. They, they got to they got to do something. I I I, I all props uh, to Game Informer, but like. If after this big gulf and the kind of the weird aura that's been created around God of War Ragnarok gameplay, if it's Game Informer, they're like, here's four minutes of God of War Ragnarok gameplay uncut before PlayStation 2. I'm like, wow. That's, yeah. It, I didn't oh, no, but they will, that, but they will release it before PlayStation 2. Well, we presume so. No, I... I, I play... play yeah. There was there was a time there was a time when I said to both of you if we haven't seen any God of War Ragnarok footage by the end of I think it was June and then I think it was July I was like will you be getting worried and you were both like yeah a little bit it's like it's now September and well, we I'm still haven't worried. had anything else I'm not, I don't think I ever said I would have been all worried and I'm not worried now maybe I'm misremembering but hey hey that's not long to it's not long to wait it's not long to wait game theory it's just, a game, it's just a game theory we haven't got long to wait now so it's all good oh yeah all right fellas well with that uh let's leave it there thank you so much for watching if you're watching on youtube or listening on a podcast platform of your choice and hey we'll see you next time bye see ya see ya